How'd it go with Sarah? Sierra? Oh, that well, huh? All right, fine. We talked about nothing, and it was... It was fun. It was nice. It was pleasant. It was pleasant. Fine, we talked about nothing, and it was the best conversation I've ever had. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, still after all this time, what it does in the tin. It's best film ever. My name's Ian. I'm Liam. I'm Ellie. And I'm Georgia. Hey! And in the brief time between when we recorded (laughs) on To Serve With Love and Northwood Pie, Georgia and Pip have shown up, so. Yeah. Hey, hello, Pip. So there we go. So we are excited to... uh, Thanks, Liam. We we have... uh, We've we've at least over here we have eaten not a Northwood pie we've eaten a uh, an oven bake pizza pie from the uh, have. I guess all pizzas are probably oven baked but I mean this one was from like the grocery store it is it is <laughs> that was alright this yeah, film did make bad. me want a pizza oh, I tell you what I have watched this film twice both times I have been dying for a pizza and have not mm-hmm. given it in. Well, I was close yesterday, impressive. but by the time I actually got around to like looking at it, it was closed. So I was like, all right, <laughs> there we go. Because we don't have... Their pizzas are very generous, aren't they? We don't have small town pizza shops like they do here. I mean, I guess we do, we have, but like in... in There's one in Downham. In but... North America, there'd be like three, four, five of them uh, in like a small... Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, like... And like like this kind of level of sort of pizza, as opposed to, which is just kind of... I guess that's two in, two in the, in two the local. In, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah, so such is... Um, so uh, just quickly, we'll hit some promos. Let me get right into it because it's a Friday, so we don't do a shout outs thing on a Friday. Nope. We don't do a chart thing on a Friday. So let's just promo. We've got to Sir with Love. The song's still in my head. Oh, that's a great it song, is. isn't it? Uh, we've got next week's show, which uh, uh, my notes it says next week's show, but I can tell you now it is the Notebook next yeah. week. So that's yeah. at least that's part of Hot Film Summer, Hot Pick Summer, Hot <laughs> Film Summer, and uh, Loki episode six. Of course, still check out how that is. It was released today. It's doing gangbusters. So is it? yeah, it's doing very well compared to the Loki series overall. Did very well compared to the previous two. Oh yeah, yeah. series. So yeah, it looking, has done for ratings for the. It has. So it seems watched, to be indicative yeah. of, of of that. Okay. So there we go. So uh, also last warning, last warning. If you're hearing this on the day of release or the day after, you've got like one or two days to get your top five picks in for the real roundtable. Yeah. Which we will record movies. on Sunday and we'll release it the following Friday. Your top five sports films. Please use the hashtag BFE top five. Top five. All right. Um, usually it's the part where I say, you know, why are we doing this film? Who's seen this film before? None of us have seen this film before. Nope. Nope. Why did we do this film? We did this film because I think Jay got a hold of me. Jay, Jay, Jay Salahi. Yeah. And he said, I've done a movie. It's over 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, any interest? And I was like, yeah. So was he a listener to us before this? I don't know what happened. It just happened on Twitter. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know exactly what's what's what, what's occurred there. But he got a hold of me, and I went. Let me take a look. Do do, do my due diligence mm-hmm. as the Kevin Feige of the BFE universe. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. So I got a hold of him. Said, absolutely happy to do it. And said it might be a while. And he was totally cool with that. So he's been sitting on. We've been sitting on this for about four months now. I think wow. probably, probably. Yeah. Hey, um, you've kept this quiet. I knew we... Ah, have I, that I was know. long as those pizza slices have been in that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a bad show. Um, yeah, especially because once we had Sean Prasad confirmed for Mank, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to do two back-to-back. I want to spread those out. Yeah. Because that's these should be events. And if we put two of them back-to-back, neither one of them is an event. We, we, we've mm-hmm. sort of split our attention. Canceled them out. So, yeah, so we're very excited to have uh, Jay Salahi on today to talk about his film, Northwood Pie. I say, uh, we watched it... Uh, on Amazon, it did, was yeah. <clears throat> like three forty nine, and I got like a two day rental out of it or something like that. I think in almost every other country in the world, it's free on Amazon Prime. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> <laughs> cool. 
So we were uh, we were not you know North, Northwood Pie cost us a little mozzarella, but uh, but we a got through bit it. Of that mozza. Northwood Pie yeah, like was not seven cheap mozzarellas for that. Yeah, oh, yeah, in this country, yeah, it's, de- it's dirt cheap here. Mm. Northwood Pie was not Northwood Prime for us. No, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, so written um, partially written. Uh, definitely directed by Jay Salahi, written by Jay Salahi and Todd Knack. Todd Knack, I don't know which one it is. I will ask him, Jay, once we get him on. So what's going to happen is we're going to review the film, and then Jay's going to join us at the end. And we've yeah. got some questions we want to ask him about it. So we're doing a proper review. Mm-hmm. It qualifies. It does. So we are doing the the full-out review for it. Uh, a bit disparate. IMDb has it rated on on the lower side. But Amazon, but but the sorry, the Rotten Tomatoes critics ratings quite high, and it was selected, I believe, for the Miami Film Festival oh, nice. as an official selection. And they don't just give that stuff away that to 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 right, anybody. Anybody, yeah. So really curious about that sort of side of it. And I think it speaks more to the audience's expectations in a world where everything's bright and shiny and CGI, mm-hmm. and then you have something that's clearly independent, yeah, in in every way possible. And, and we celebrate independent. And we celebrate independent because just because just you're not part of a huge studio system doesn't mean you can't make an excellent film. No, exactly. And so that's why we're here today. We're going to give it the exact same lens we give every other film. Yep. And we're not going to go, it's not pretty, therefore... No, no, we're going to look at it for the things that matter. You know me, story above everything, right? How are the characterizations? And where criticism is appropriate, I may ha- ask some questions. Mm-hmm. And where things deserve to be celebrated, I will definitely do that too. Yeah. So that's where we're at. As Georgia and Ellie make faces at each other, like a bunch of people. <laughs> My face is Georgia. What are you doing? Okay, it's, it's a fish fish eye lens camera. That is a fish so eye I look, lens. I yes. look really weird. So I have, I have forgotten my usual camera at work, and so I'm using this one I got off eBay for really not eBay off Prime for really nothing. It wow. looks like one of Wally's eyes. Wally. Wally. Yeah. So uh, there we go. So let's talk about the film that we said, uh, d- directed by Jay Salahi, written by Todd Kanak and Jay Salahi. Uh, and we'll take a look at the rest of it as we go through. So we start off with someone, we'll later find out it's Lloyd, mm-hmm. walking into Northwood Pie, into the back door of the pizzeria. Walking from right to left, which traditionally suggests a sp- not progress, the opposite, maybe stagnation. Is this intentional? I don't really know, but it would line up with one of the themes in the movie. Yeah, it does, yeah. That he's going backward, that he's reliving things, like most characters in this film are doing. They are reliving things. They're not moving forward. They're moving backwards, or they're in a state of arrested development. Yep. So whether it's intentional or not, boys, I'm giving you that one, because yeah. I think it's great. Also, bad guys come on um, from stage left, which would be right to left yes, on, and uh, that, in a panto. It's, so it's, it's the same logic, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, we get this great follow shot all the way through the pizzeria where we sort of meet our cast of secondary characters mm-hmm. each person who works at the pizzeria we sort of and we sort of see pizza being moved around shoved around here's this that i don't think i'm breaking new ground here by saying i love pizza no anybody here <laughs> not, not a fan of pizza let's start with what is your go-to pizza order let's start with that oh it depends where from okay well okay if i said you're getting a pizza if i were to say i'm springing i'm not but if i were to say i'm springing for pizza right now i'm calling up Either Domino's, Domino's or the local down okay, the street. Okay. What Meteor. is your pizza order? Yours is the Meteor? Yeah. Okay. And what's on the... So just for the sake of people who might not be from here, what's on the Meteor? It has got a barbecue base. It's got, I believe... That's not a pizza. Um, it's got, <laughs> it's not a base. Um, it's got, obviously, cheese. It's got um, sausage, pepperoni, meatballs, maybe bacon. Okay. Well, basically, meatballs and barbecue sauce. It's all okay. Good. This is not a pizza. 
<laughs> I'm going to ask Jason Lahey this because I, I don't think barbecue sauce as a base in a pizza is something I really came across a whole lot until I moved to this country. You remember I said last episode about mayonnaise? Yeah, yeah. Same for barbecue sauce. I don't know what the deal is here. You guys are nuts about it. <laughs> I used to hate barbecue sauce. Well, the, the, is that progress or are you moving from right to left across our screen? <laughs> uh, Georgia. Um, I, I mean, you're going to hate my choice as well because if it was like Domino's or a thingy pizza, it would be um, uh, Texas barbecue, which is barbecue base with uh, chicken, bacon, and something else. Uh, and green peppers, but I swap the green peppers out and just have tandoori chicken on it as well. So it's extra, <laughs> extra chicken. If I was going to like a proper pizza From place, that tandoori part of Texas. Yeah. yeah. If I was going to a proper pizza place, like a... Like a Pizza Express or a, a sit down, a sit down, a, sit down a, a more upscale pizza place. Yeah, then I'd be inclined to have something that's probably really quite simple. I like they're like plain, like mozzarella. What we would call ones. a margarita pizza, here. like a pro- yeah, or a or like goat's cheese and caramelized onion. Yeah, that would the be Padana. So, oh. so, yeah, the so, Padana. so a margarita pizza here for because it's not transferable. Is it would not? just no? It would just be the t- the, the, the tomato base. It yeah. would be uh, buffalo it. Mo- buffalo mozzarella. Yeah. We, we don't really do this because we don't really do like classic Italian pizza. We, we say it's Italian, but it's not. It's Italian-American, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And then is, is it like basil or some yeah. pesto or something yeah, like that? Yeah. yeah, so that would be your typical. Uh, well, we just have like what Kevin, um, not Kevin Malone, Kevin. Oh, what's his name from Home Alone? Kevin McAllister. McAllister. Thank you. Kevin Malone's in the office. <laughs> Kevin McAllister, you know, his plain cheese and, and, and red sauce pizza. And that's all it would be. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like a basic pizza. Like it's, it's very underwhelming. So you guys do upscale pizza. Yeah. Much better. We do, we do like street pizza. Street pizza. Yeah. So much better than you do. Uh, Liam, you go to. Okay. My, my go to used to be a meat feast. <clears throat> With every single bit of meat you can think of on it. Uh, now it's the cheeseburger. Oh, jeez. Oh, that is a good one. The <laughs> These are not pizzas. Pizza. Oh, it's gorgeous. It is. At least it's I so nice. one as well. The cheeseburger one has even got a people, tomato base. People of yeah. outside the UK, this is what I'm dealing oh. with with pizza <laughs> choices here. I go click on and like two thirds of them are monstrosities <laughs> that shouldn't even exist. A cheeseburger pizza is what like an eight year old asks for his birthday for a pizza. I am eight year old. Hey, it's got like burger <laughs> sauce bristled over the top. Oh, and it's got burger sauce isn't even a thing got, here. Uh, oh, in and it's got like bits of ground sauce. Big Mac sauce, yeah. yeah. Big Mac sauce on a pizza, people. That's, That's what I'm talking right, about. It's so good. It's lovely. It's in line with Amazing. Liam's other taste of okay. food. I'm going to go with, if I had two choices, <laughs> if I was a little bit you know, a little pretentious, I might go with uh, chicken, yeah, mm-hmm. feta cheese, Ooh. sun-dried tomato. Ooh. And if I got a space... That is if, a little if, bit pretentious. If I can get something on it, like a little like uh, pepper, like a, like a multicolor kind of ring pepper. Like okay. a bell pepper. No, but spicy. No, no, like spicy. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So what we just call hot peppers back home. If need be, jalapenos is a backup, but there's oh, something, nice. something lighter about this other kind of pepper It seems to exist more back home. I can't eat pizza now without having like some sort of hot but sauce. But as on. a Canadian, I need to give some respect to our invention, even though it doesn't sound like it should be, but our invention, the Hawaiian pizza. Is that oh, okay. Canadian? It's a Canadian it? thing. Yeah. Brilliant. So you're to blame. I think so. so. And you call our pizzas monstrosity. Ham, yeah. Ham and pineapple. It's it's glorious. I'm yeah. one of those. That ham, goes, pineapple, extra cheese. I don't like pineapple on anything except for pizza. I don't actually wow. mind it. I'm yeah. not fussed. I by don't it. actually mind it either. No, it's good. Let's all think about it. pineapple belong <laughs> on pizza. Give me the official debate. Let's settle this once and for all. It does. You're wrong. You guys put burger sauce on pizza. There's I mean, come on. There's different types of pizza. There's street pizza and yeah. like Domino's and greasy pizza. And then there's proper artisan and I, pizza. And I don't want to throw this into somebody else because this is absolutely about Northwood Pie. If you haven't got, I think there's a series on Netflix called Ugly Delicious. And I will just throw, maybe we should do this a seat or skip it. Episode one. <laughs> 
is all about pizza in all of its iterations from Domino's and how you can even the, the, the greatest of pizza chefs can go I can enjoy a Domino's for what it is yeah. I know what it is it's the McDonald's of the pizza world but you still like a Big Mac occasionally yep. yeah, yeah. I'm not sitting telling you it's the greatest food but it's comfort it mm-hmm. reminds you of being a kid or and then he goes all the way to like Italy and uses like you know the only one that's like what's legit the only thing that should be called buffalo mozzarella yeah, yeah and he goes to like the birthplace of it and everywhere in between upscale to like your 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 three dollar new york slice and wow. everything and it's it's just like a whole i don't think the rest of the series holds up on that level yeah but the, it's, it's an amazing discussion of like pizza something that's quite universal is love of pizza even if you yeah. do I what you guys pizza. do with it so <laughs> nothing wrong with cheeseburger pizza um, so back on to the pizzeria at Northwood Pie, of which I did not see a single cheeseburger pizza. Uh, and we you have, wait, that was and that. we have the title card. And Crispin's got himself an interview, and Crispin is played by Todd Kanak, or Nash. co-writer, the co-writer, yeah, co-writer and producer and of producer, the film. Yeah, yeah. So it seems to be a project between Jay Salahi and Todd Kanak together. Yeah, uh, he's got an interview. And we get introduced to Lloyd. And Lloyd, I've got his name down later in my notes. Uh, let me see if I can find him. Paul Lashoffs. I love Lloyd. He's this beard guy. Beard guy. He's got yeah. such a magnificent beard. Beard guy. <laughs> who's He's starting to put one... He's like brushing his beard or sticking he's a plastic cool. fork in it. Yeah. Which is the least hygienic thing ever. And he's also the only guy never in uniform. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. He's, he's not, always he? wearing a t-shirt, but not the right t-shirt. Yes. And his, and his ball cap. And that'll come into, into play later. And uh, he doesn't love, like that someone's at the front. I love how the first word of the film is fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so Crispin approaches the uh, front counter where Lloyd is with a little bit of trepidation and stumbles over his words that he's here for an interview. He says he has a reservation at first. Yeah. <laughs> and then it turns out I have an interview with, with Matan. And uh, Matan comes out, and Matan, I believe, is the, actually the name of one of the real managers at Northwood Pie. It's a real pizza company. It's Northwood oh, okay. Pizza. Northwood, Northwood Pizza. Pie. Okay, yeah. Northwood Pizza. And so uh, he doesn't appear in it, but the character name appears in it. Maybe it's a thank you for the premises or whatever the yeah, case might yeah. be. Um, and so he gets asked two questions. Have you ever made a pizza? <laughs> to which the answer was no. <laughs> Have you ever had a job? To which the answer was no. No. I'll get you a t-shirt. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, job's yours. Do you think if he answered yes to either of those, I'd go, can't, can't, can't untrain those bad habits you've got. <laughs> yeah. I'm a walk. That'd be funny. And I think we're just as surprised as uh, Crispin is that he's landed the job this easily. And so in his confusion, he's like, what do you mean? And <laughs> Lloyd's just, he doesn't know what a t-shirt is. <laughs> he doesn't know what a t-shirt is. <laughs> uh, he stops home to get what they would call a beanie. We would call a toque. And he has a conversation, I kind of, with his mother. And this is actually Todd Knack's mother. Oh, This is actually, I did some research on IMDb. It's, his, it's, it's a female name, so I'm assuming it's his mother or an aunt. I'm going to go with mother. I'm going to infer. Um, but he has some conversation. He's surrounded by some of his stuff. I think we're supposed to believe he doesn't like living at home. The film will tell us later. He definitely wants to get out of the house. Yeah. I I could have used a little bit more of maybe frustration with his mom talking to him or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more interaction. Yeah, just something. Or another, <laughs> yeah. another scene a bit later on. Something was, where he... Because yeah, yeah. we know he wants out of his house, but I don't know why. No. And no, is it just the idea of just like being, you know, answering where he's going? Is it the... Uh, what is that thing? There's nothing wrong with being independent, but something more beyond, I, I need to move out. Okay, why? Just give me that, just give me that, that, that one next question. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I'll tell you what I do want. What do you want? That Jurassic Park poster in the background. His room was cool. It wasn't was it? cool. It was, but it was like, here's a teenager's room, which to yeah, be fair, yeah, yeah. the house they go to the party at, just like a bigger extension of that room. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so then he goes and gets high with Anthony. <laughs> Or Anthony. It wouldn't be Anthony. That wouldn't exist in North America. Anthony. Anthony's dropped a class because it starts at eight. <laughs> what do they expect? I just walk in, put my head down, and that's my day. Basically, he thinks he's doing everybody a service. And he's this guy, I guess, who's trapped in a perpetual loop of being stuck at junior college. Now, junior college would be like, I guess what we would call college over here. You're not quite at university. Oh, okay. So when they talk about a four-year later on, that's a traditional university. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, a junior college would be more like what the TV series Community is kind of about. Oh, I've not seen that. So like a oh, community college. Yeah, so when it's junior college, community college are pretty much similar things. You would go get a, a diploma in a two-year junior college, and you could use that to try and probably for people who didn't do as well at high school, oh, okay. and you could use that to get yourself into a, a proper what they would call a proper four-year college, or we would call a university, mm-hmm. in order to get like a, a degree above. It'd be very similar to what we do here with college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. they go there at eighteen, whereas we would go there at sixteen. Yep, say, it yep, sounds yep. like yep. what I did, but a couple of years later. Yeah, but they are paying to go there. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. They are paying tuition to go here. Oh, okay. Because they're 18. They've already done their education. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, right. yeah. So, um, so it seems like everybody's in a state of arrested development, right? Yeah. Everybody's kind of stagnating where they are. And this is the first one is Anthony. And then um, Anthony wants to know if they want to go to, I don't know if it, at first I thought, is this a concert? It's just standing in a field, really, isn't it? It's just it like five like guys stood in a field. I was stood a in a field confused. overlooking the city. Yeah. And he goes, why would I go? Would I go why? Just in the case there's a girl there. And he makes it really quite crude. He goes, basically, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clean up a bit. He goes, go there hoping there's a girl there on the odd chance that we might hook up in the back of a car. Yeah, yeah. But she's mm-hmm. probably going to be at home hooking up with that other guy who wouldn't answer our call when we invited him to come on out. <laughs> And they go, yeah, pretty much. And then Crispin goes, yeah, all right. And it's just kind of like, Crispin's the funny one of his group. Um, I'm not sure how believable it was that Crispin was the funny one or the wise one of the group. Yeah. There were some bits where I'm like, why? Is he the leader? Is he the fall? Fo- I don't understand this. He's the philosopher of the group. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he's the leader of the group. That didn't come across like that. I, th- I don't know. Yeah. I think he's the leader of the group in the same way that Leonard in the Big Bang Theory is the leader of his group. He's the he's the glue that holds it together, but not yeah. necessarily the dominant personality. Mm, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Uh, so they go drinking in a field, and we meet Jason. And Jason is trying to get back together. We learn with his ex Rachel. <laughs> And he's talking about the politics of who texts each other first. Now, this is actually really quite salient in today's day and age. Yeah. What are the politics of who likes who first, who likes each other's photographs on Instagram or the social of your choice? Yeah. What do those things mean? But they go, but it's different for girls than it is for guys. If a guy texts someone first, <laughs> that means he's interested. If a girl does, she's just a decent human being. <laughs> I think that Jason needs to get on Bumble because then Bumble. the woman has to the talk The woman has first. to talk first on Bumble. Well, there we go. There we go. Much different movie. Trust me, Jason had no problem getting girls to talk first in the movie. <laughs> no, I, was, I was a bit confused by, by him. Is, is, he, is he rich? I have... Because they kept talking about different places that he owned, and I couldn't tell if that was a joke no, or if he actually owned I houses. Think it, I think it's places they're looking at moving into. Right. I think they're all talking about moving out of their own parents' houses and finding a place together. Yeah, I think all these places together. we found a place here, there, there, right. there, but they yeah. never actually pull the trigger because it's always just in your head. Yeah, it's, it just sounded the way they spoke about it a couple of times. Well, he specifically spoke about it. It sounded like he owned these places already. I didn't I, get that myself. No, okay. I, I didn't get that either. I okay. think they're just looking for a place. Um, and so, um, 
Crispin is, he said, yeah, the connoisseur, he kind of gives the advice and he goes, no, look, here's what happens. You, you do this and that. And, and he sort of goes up next to him and go, okay. And, and we kind of meet, this is our chance to just meet the entourage of his friends. Uh, we go back to the pizza shop and Crispin has a toque and looks infinitely cooler. I thought he should have worn the hat most we of the movie. That delightful little scene in the middle there. Which is what? The masturbation prep scene. Oh, uh, okay. Uh. <laughs> uh, I, I did. I mean, just because... I don't know. It's there. I mean, I applaud it. I don't know why it's there. I was just like... Does it show, ah! does it show he's stuck in a routine? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Okay, option one, it's just kind of shock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Here's what it is in all of its detail. Metaphorically... Crispin talks about all these ideas, and so do his friends. And is this anything more than just mental masturbation? Yeah. The idea that we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do this, but it's not actually anything they're actually doing. They're just kind mental of... masturbation. How about that, huh? Yeah, yeah. I can find a metaphor in anything. Here we go. So back at the pizza shop, post-lotion. Oh. <laughs> That's a lot of lotion. That was, was a lot of lotion. <laughs> I just like that he literally just Google image image searched slave layer and that's okay, good enough. Here's the first thing. This has got Kevin Smith's fingerprints all over. Maybe not fingerprints, but you can feel it's an influence. Yes, Absolutely. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And part yeah. of it is the star is the is the crass conversations, usually about the mundaneness of service industry. With clerks, it was like convenience store, and this yeah, it's yeah, being yeah. in the service industry life. And then the cruise and then the, the Star Wars references is your third part of that. And that's very Kevin Smith. Even the conversations outside of the, the store. Outside of the uh, of the pizza shop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Outside the pizza shop. Lloyd and could, the general style as well of like yeah. the way it's filmed. The way it's shot and stuff. Well, it yeah. feels like this is, a, you know, go ahead, take, you know, Kevin Smith was famous for maxing out all his credit cards, shot the movie, and it made him into Kevin Smith. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's is is this take is this a similar approach? You know, I I got some vibes now, very different because Silent Bob doesn't speak, mm-hmm. but I got some of that style sort of in the Lloyd character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so back at the shop, he's a toque. He looks infinitely cooler. He's being taught how to run the front. And this is one of those things with movies like this. And it can be, and I've got questions about this as well, things like Empire Records. Yeah. Anything where you've got like a large number of employees running a shop. Yeah. And you're like, you don't need this many people, I don't think, yeah. to run this place. Yeah, no, no. There's a lot yeah. of employees for the foot traffic this place is generating. I love this next scene. Do you? I do. So this is where we meet Sierra, because Christmas is taught how to run the front. At first, we get the bit where Matan's, this guy comes in wanting a slice. He goes, how long have those been out there? He goes, oh, they've been out for a while. Yeah. They've been out for a while. And he goes, no, but, but how long? He said, I'll be happy to warm up for you. <laughs> and as he's doing this, he snaps his fingers to this sign, this little taped bit that yeah. says, never, ever admit how old the slices are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These slices look rough. rough. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Surely there's more than one pizza place in town. Yeah. Oh, yeah. this is rough. I really liked the little bit beforehand where he was like, um, scoop the pizza up like Joe Pesci stabs a guy in Goodfellas. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like, we've seen that. <laughs> this is where we find out that Shades does not like, does not like Crispin. No, not at all. Not at all. And we get the idea that you have to treat the, it's all full of quirky things, but you got to open the register, treat her like she's a lady. Yeah. Yeah. And so. Just get Lloyd shouting from the back room. Yeah. Gentle. Gentle. <laughs> <laughs> then we meet Sierra. Being treated like a lady, and we get a close up of the footwear. We get a close up of her shoes as they walk in. So, if you weren't thinking this is going to be a special character, 
I'd go, no one else no. is getting the foot, the, no, no, the foot shot. She's, wa- she's literally, <laughs> Treatment. she's literally walking into his life. Yep. Right. And so we get the close up on the feet and she wants twenty seven ninety five, and says, I want to talk to the manager. And then says, fine, I'll talk to him myself and just goes and walks. <laughs> and for a moment, it's great. And then they have a little bit of a cute back and forth where he holds his own. He's a bright guy. Yeah. He's yeah. a bright guy. And then he finishes by going, or she says, I can handle the front. You can go back there. Now, I'd be going, I was actually told to be here, but he's like, all right, I'll yield. And he goes, nicely played, Sierra. Nicely, though, nice to meet you and well played, Sierra. Don't know if I'd use her name again. <laughs> no. But it was it was a thing. It's supposed to show that we've got a bit of a connection, or at least that he's into her, I guess. But I she's think, the. I think he's more into her at the start, isn't he? Than what? Than he is into Lloyd? No, no, than she is into. To him. I mean, she's, she's made an impression or an impact yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. She, on him. He's He hasn't quite done the same back to her necessarily. No. Uh, then we go to the basketball court, and Crispin's approval is being sought by, um, a, a, again, by someone, I think, better looking and more successful with women than he. It seems like he's this guy who can do it for other people but can't do it for himself. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, Because mm-hmm. every time he gives someone like advice, it seems to work. <laughs> but then in his own life, he's 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 just a, he's just a mess. Yeah. I could relate. Very good at that as well. Yeah. yeah. That quote from Alice in Wonderland: "I give myself good advice, but very seldom follow it." One of the many things people say about Northwood Pie, and Alice in Wonderland. There's many links between. Actually, it's all like that. <laughs> um, That's that Canadian humor again. We go back to work, and um, Anthony, before we do, Anthony falls over in the basketball court. I don't know what the point of it was. <laughs> just to get him out of the scene although i do love the one bit where he's playing bass and jason's just killing anthony yeah killing him and at one point um um crispin says you know you're really horrible at this and he says shut up i'm the greatest ever or something like that <laughs> that's that's how i get out of bed every morning <laughs> well, I'm, I'm the greatest <laughs> yeah um back at work and lloyd is wearing a uh i think he's paul rudd I think he's Paul Rudd in this film. He's so he's all the Paul Rudd in his lines. Uh, but he's wearing a Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem t-shirt. Yay. Which I don't know if any of you guys noticed this. This is the Muppets. The Muppets band. Oh, he's the leader he of the Muppets. Yes, yeah. he is. Give yourself a drink. Yeah, love it. Love it. The, the big gold teeth. Um, so it's the one time he wasn't wearing a San Francisco Giants t-shirt. He was wearing this. So I appreciated that. It did feel like I thought very, um, very Paul Rudd in 40 year old virgin. His general sort of vibe. Yeah, vibe. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd be very curious if there's any improv going on with this guy because I think he's really good. Uh, Hayden comes in for a pizza, and this is what he's having the conversation about. I met this girl. You know what? There's, there's only one question you can ask her. You know what that is? And uh, the Crispin most important goes, question. Yeah. And Crispin yeah. goes, which one's your favorite Star Wars movie? He goes, exactly. <laughs> and then we get to the front, and we find out the answer to this question is Attack with the Clones. Attack of the Clones, sorry. So, Ellie, if you didn't like the earlier ones, like you saw how people <laughs> reacted to this answer. And there's a customer called Hayden who grabs the pizza and throws it on the ground. He's wearing a Star Wars t-shirt. This is Jay Salahi. Yeah. Hi. <laughs> so this is him. So, uh, again, no no shade whatsoever for getting yourself in your own movie. No. None whatsoever. Would do the same? Absolutely, I would. <laughs> would Absolutely, I would. Yeah. Um, and, again, very Kevin Smith, though. Yeah. This overreaction, this, I'm sorry, I just hit my Star Wars, that, so, you know, it wasn't cool, but I'm, I'm okay now. Mm-hmm. Sorry to do it to the pie, yada, yada, yada. Um, and then we cut to Crispin playing a board game with his sister and losing. <laughs> it was the game of life. Crispin is losing 
at the game of life. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Metaphorically. Yeah. Or literally, but also metaphorically, yeah, much yeah. like the lotion station earlier. <laughs> we, we, we have a metaphor occurring here and he is losing and people are passing him by. His younger generation is passing him by. And this becomes a nice thing. You know, I think anybody who's worked a job where you're kind of going, am I happy doing this or am I just putting in time? You start to see the months and whatever pass by and you go, is this fulfilling? Is this what I want to be doing? I, I had that when I was working at a factory. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. And you just kind of go, I've made some money. I don't think he's making that much from what he's doing. But, you know. I lost six months. You look by and you go, am I happy? No. Do no. I enjoy my job? No. But I'm, um, but yet this, this thing you can't get back, which are the years, the months, the mm-hmm. days, time, you're losing that. Yeah. So, uh, Crispin, <laughs> then we got to Crispin and Shades tells him he's got to go do a delivery. <laughs> yeah. I'm hoping there's a legit backstory for this scene. Because he has to go deliver to Frank. Uh, we're told money first, and then they get the pie. Advice makes, that Crispin does not follow. No, but he makes mm-hmm. it abundantly clear: like money they, first, they never pay, then the pie. Yeah, get yeah. the money. Get the I never money. thought about this. Like, how many pizza boys must be like ripped off? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Loads, loads. Uh, and then <laughs> I made a I made an error here in <laughs> my notes. It's quite funny. So he goes in, and he's told, "Yeah, come on in." <laughs> And this guy comes out wearing almost nothing, having just said that he's just he's just had sex four times and needs to refuel. And he comes on out, and all Crispin wants is to get the money and get out of there. And he won't get it because he, uh, the customer and the customer's um, girlfriend, I'll say, yeah, uh, are having a bit of a domestic dispute. And he says that she's mannish looking. (laughs) But he, he uses her oversized breasts as a proof of her manliness. And then she comes out and you realize she's got a dildo in her hand yeah. and she starts like waving it at him. And then he snatches from her, starts waving it back. And so, um, Crispin tries to get out of there and they go, sit down, stay out. He goes, okay. And the next thing you know, the two of them make up and they discard the dildo and it hits Crispin in the face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On my, so then he goes back to the shop and he's asked by shades, did you get it? And Crispin reaches into the pizza box and <laughs> gross <laughs> and hands back, hands him the, 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 the dildo, which is double ended. Double ended. <laughs> in my notes, I've made a mistake and written double ended pizza. <laughs> maybe i was maybe i was censoring along the way mm-hmm. so i mean this is a i'm he hoping says, is this is the, the tip, tip? <laughs> yeah Jeez. is that the sausage that goes on oh. pizza <laughs> oh no Liam. i am just staying away from this one i just said i like sausage on a pizza. <laughs> oh. i bet you feel right i'm too, leaving things alone <laughs> so you know and i'm hoping this is based i mean the stories that people who work at these sorts of things must have yeah definitely of situations oh, they've yeah. walked into of course mm-hmm. it's like post like arguments um you know probably some pretty scary stuff actually as yeah, well. yeah 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 but 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 hopefully some funny stuff you know yeah. and some crazy and like, oh you wouldn't believe what was that oh they came to a door and they weren't wearing anything oh yeah, yeah. yeah. i did so. read a review once on a um of like a takeaway restaurant place and basically they gave it four stars said food was great uh delivery was really quick i'm knocking one star off because the delivery was that quick that i was still i'll censor what he said still having sex with his wife (laughs) when it was delivered (laughs) so yeah sounds like he's giving himself a review there (laughs) (laughs) um and then we go surprised he's still hungry 
Crispin then comes back to the <laughs> pizza place or goes outside of it. Oh, God. Um, Sierra, I thought she was crying, but she's not. She's no. just smoking. And they there's have a, a lot of smoking in this movie. There's a lot of smoking in this a movie. A lot of smoking. Um, and some of them I don't think smoke because they held the cigarettes really wrong. I think it's clear <laughs> of it that Todd Kanak definitely smokes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, He's a chain smoker. <laughs> yeah. Uh, See, so he, he bums a smoke or a light or something off Sierra, and they start with a conversation that basically ends in what decade do you sort of claim as yours? Yeah. I am so confused by this as well. What do you I, mean? I've had this conversation before as well. Why are you so confused? Because I often think, because I think you've said on the podcast before, Ian, that you're like a child of the 90s. And I'm like, yeah. no, I'm a child of the 90s. No, I would say, so this is the conversation. Is it the, is it the decade you're born in or the decade you use as your formative, your, your formative years? So all your pop culture references, for instance, mine wouldn't, mine are primarily, I'm assuming a really weird spot based on where I was born. You know, same. I hit the late 80s. Basically, I'm hitting 86 to 94 hard as my main formative years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I claim the 90s because it's more of, it's had a, lot, a more lasting effect on my personality, I think, than the late 80s did. So yeah, I would yeah, claim those. That's more the, your teen years. Yeah, but things that I, that I associate as my favorite, my first favorite, this, 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 cartoon, whatever, whatever bands, whatever it might have been growing up, they're generally from the 90s. So I am a child of 90s culture mm-hmm. as opposed to 90s, the decade. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my, my question. Was be, what, does, what does everybody else associate themselves with? You said 90s. Well, I, I late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Okay. Um, because we like we were born in that weird time yep. frame. Uh, where we were at the beginning of a decade. Or the end of one, in my case, or, yeah. Or the, or the very end of one, yep. yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just, I remember a lot of the late 80s from 87 onwards very well. Yeah. So it's like, but I know more than the 90s, obviously. Yeah. Like, for the most part, I consider my childhood to mainly be based around when I first moved back to Canada, which happened in like 88, 89. Yeah. And so that, so really, I mean, how much of 88, 89 I claim? Like most of my stuff's from the 90s, like being in school and the memories you sort of develop and yada, yada, yada. And really, you're sort of like 15, 14, 15 is the sort of time you're, you're buying stuff with your own money. You know, you're getting your own stuff, aren't you? So you're developing your own identity. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess that's what we're, we're talking about. Where you develop your own identity so, for your decade. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would just always say that I'm a child of the 90s as well. Well, there you go. We're all the same age. Look at that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, am you I? You feel better. Thank you. There we go. <laughs> Georgia. I mean, I was only alive for six months of the 90s, so I'm not going to claim that I'm a child of the 90s. It's just what I think it means to me. <laughs> I don't like, think it does, because they kind of sit, I think that's a conversation they had. That is, yeah. Well, it is. And yeah. like, that's why I was like screaming at the TV, like, oh my God, I think this all the time. <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. So, um, yeah, I'm not from the AIM Messenger kind of uh, generation or ICQ. That was a little bit after my time. But also, I mean, I'm, from, I'm, from, was- I'm from the Columbia House oh, generation. That's what I'm from. What was your first ever social media? How age you? ICQ. Proper one. Evo. Just, wait, is, does that include messaging services? Yeah. ICQ. MSN. So I had MSN as well. Although this is a tech thing, so Liam is... Probably probably Facebook Messenger for Liam. Facebook Messenger, yeah. What was the first way in which you could sort of interact with people, like message people that wasn't just like a text message on a phone? Oh, um... Could be on a computer, could be on anything. Friends Reunited. No, well, that was a thing over here, wasn't it? Yeah. I'll tell you what mine is. I never had one, but it was going round, but it definitely in my formative years. BBM pins. Uh, Blackberry, Blackberry Messenger. I had ICQ. I had MySpace, but couldn't figure out what the appeal was. Oh, I heard of MySpace, never had that. Yeah, Tom's, Tom's my friend. <laughs> <laughs> no one's seen him in about 13 years we're all really worried 
Um, so uh, then we, you know, it's, it's 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 a conversation with the two of them who have, I think, pretty good chemistry. I think yeah. so. Yeah. Not strong chemistry, but... Well, it's chemistry, building. It's building, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's building, you don't yeah. want it to be like fireworks right off the cuff. And I think we need to be equally going, is she into Crispin or not? Yeah. Because we're aligned to Crispin. He's our character. Of course. He's who we follow. So if we knew outright she was, or we knew outright she wasn't, it's not as much fun as it is kind of being on the fence alongside him. Yeah, yeah. I just really like that his name is Crispin and he works in a pizza place. <laughs> Me too. A the pizza's pizza. just Crispin. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we also meet Garza. As Garza. It's the guy's name is, that's his actual name. I believe he's an actual manager of Northwood Pizza. I like Garza. Yeah. He just sort of shows up here. <laughs> he does, yeah. Do. yeah. So I believe he's an actual employee. Uh, we go inside. Matan is counting pizza boxes, and there's pizza boxes everywhere. Everywhere. And we find out he's paying attention to this, but of course he forgot to order the, the tomato sauce, or tomatoes for the tomato sauce, which I fully can go. I've worked at places like this, where you're counting the wrong stinking thing, and the thing that we actually use every minute of every day, you haven't bothered to order yet. <laughs> Just saying. Um, Lloyd is playing pinball, and this is where we get the the background of no one has ever beaten the high score of the danger. The danger. The danger. Seventy nine thousand plus. He set the record on his last day. Walked out. Just walked out. And was never, never seen again. Yeah. At this point, you can kind of guess where the end of the movie might be oh, going. Yeah, was was, yeah. was was were Liam and I alone in this? Oh no, I I was no. like oh, okay, yeah. so he's going to beat the high score. I don't think end. it's bad. No, no, no. No, sometimes predictable is okay. But I, I was able to go, okay, it's, I know where this is going. It's nice where they planted that seed. Yeah. I would go, what's the deal with the picture? What, you mean the thing with the caption underneath that explains perfectly what it is? Yeah. <laughs> but, but it was a nice way to get some exposition to us. And will I he... really appreciated the close-ups of the pinball and the game of life. Okay. Will he, will he get his picture up there now um, alongside it or the other one taken down? Uh, you don't celebrate second high score. It's high score. Oh. The problem is he has to go back now and get his picture taken. Although <laughs> <laughs> well, they must have had a picture of the danger because he never came back again. Maybe it's not really the danger, it's just some random guy. Maybe it's Tom from MySpace. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I'd be curious whose picture it really actually that'd be a really good question. Whose picture is that really? Yeah. That must be someone close Someone to related to the uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. to the production. Yeah. Um so during this, Sierra passes Crispin a spoon and their hands touched. And this tied into the conversation, the first one that, uh, is it Danny? I want to say Danny. Jason. Was, Jason, sorry. Jason was having about Rachel and going, yeah. our hands touched. And we did, and they do, and then they show us this. And what, unlike with, with Jason, where Crispin's like, that's crap. It doesn't mean anything. Here he's like, and our hands touched. Yeah. Just like she said. Yeah. So really quite interesting. And for the audience, and they, they give us a close-up of that hand touch too. Yeah. And we get there before he before we get the idea that it's registered for him as well. So we go, as the audience, we go, ooh, even though we've just heard. So it's really well, it's really, it's a clever callback. Yeah, Because yeah. he was so against it. And now when it's him, which we're all guilty of doing, you read way too much of the things when it's you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I never read enough. I do not. <laughs> I do not. Really. And she asks him out to try some five guys. And that's not a euphemism. <laughs> Oh, that's God. a burger place. I mean, have this in, in, here in the UK. I've never been. I would like to go though. Five Guys. You ever, you ever had Five Guys? No. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you say that, just makes me weird. Ali, have you ever had Five Guys? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, I I can proudly say that I have had Five Guys. <laughs> just once, it was more than I expected. <laughs> this is all true. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, do, I do hear you get quite a lot for your money. Yeah. <laughs> I went to the Five Guys Burger Shop you in Cambridge. You for it. Yes, you do. Yeah. Uh, I went to the Five Guys Burger Shop in Cambridge and ordered a peanut butter shake. 
peanut butter shake, which was about that as well, seems odd as well as burger and fries. I'm telling you, I could have been done with just the burger. Like I ate the fries first, was like, do I really have to the energy to like That's go after mistake. this burger? Wow, it's like a 15 pound value meal. Oh. But I'll tell you what, if anything's worth 15 pounds, it's this. It's, it really is good. It's, it's milkshake alone, like a meal. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. it's so thick. Oh, so, so, so like that the other day. Oh, it's so good. I had a white chocolate. So I think we have like to add, yesterday. so, so far now we've got, we have to go to Lowestoft to the Tusser with Love. Please bus. Bus. What else do we say we have to do? Lowestoft. New Market. Yeah. No, no, no. The New bus. Market for the sign. And we They're have to, the film and we the have show. to go mm-hmm. to Cambridge and, tr- and try out like the shakes that are just ridiculous in Five Guys. I think there's one in Norwich as well. Is there? Mm-hmm. There we go. So can go on the way to Lowestoft. There we go. That's our summer sword. Okay, we're on the way to New Market. So, um, we go to Crispin's hanging out with his friends again. Uh, they're, they're at the pizza place and they're, they're eating pizza and, you know, Crispin's going to hang out for his five minutes of his lunch break, <laughs> I guess. Uh, Crispin, he's wanting to move out, but everyone else is making excuses to stick around. They're like, we can go over here. He said, why do you want to stay in town? Why don't you want to leave? And we go, okay, here's the idea. Crispin's kind of looking to get out, but his friends, as well as everything else, are kind of keeping him in place because they're never going to leave. They're not really serious about leaving. But we've got mm-hmm. all friends like that, haven't we? Yeah. The ones that will always leave and the ones that will never leave. Yeah, like, well, I never leave anywhere. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the never leaver. Are you a never leaver? Never leaver. There we go. <laughs> so, um, Jason, this is a little thing where some girl, and at first I thought this was Rachel, comes up and sits down. And starts like hitting on him. Yeah, because you don't see her. You don't see her um, head. No, the first one you do. No, that's the second the one. The second one you don't. <laughs> is it? Oh, there, okay. There's there's a very attractive blonde who comes and sits down and is like, oh, hi. Yes, yes, yes. This is Jennifer. The one without a head is Tiffany. Oh, okay. Oh, Tiffany. So we go ahead and Jennifer gets turned down. She says, no, no, I'm sorry. You know where where, where my where my heart is. Yeah. Where my where my heart lays. And he gets rid of her. And of course, Anthony's just wanted to just take her for Bubba. Pick pick up the scraps. Yeah. Absolutely. And take her for boba. Is that like some sort of food? Uh, boba is um, like bubble tea. So that's what the little balls are called in the bottom of it. Oh, is it? Yeah. I've always seen bubble tea, but I've never had any. I love bubble tea. I don't, I don't like the traditional like milk teas that they do. I like the like slushies with the like jelly balls in the bottom that pop and they go when you eat them. It's great. That sounds less like tea and more or less like candy. Okay. And candy. <laughs> um, and so we go to the five guys date. Well, kind of. They're walking. I'm assuming they've just had the five guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <I just can't. laughs> they're walking. I assume they've just had the yeah. five guys. Are they walking uh, funny? Uh, <laughs> I was just going to say that. <laughs> That's the so, way he's just so fooled up. They t- they're, I mean, they're kind of waxing poetic about. <sighs> I hope they did wax. But... <laughs> Can we move past this? <laughs> And they're kind of just talking about general, I don't know. When you don't have any money to do anything, you talk about all the things that you, I don't know. They're philosophizing about life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're being those worst kind of pretentious 19, 20 year olds who just, you know, are experts about everything. I still am. As opposed to people who host podcasts. They're great. (laughs) And so um, they talk about tattoos and Crispin has one and says, nothing would ever make me get another one except for, and I'm going to say sex. Yep. That's the word I'm going to use. It's not the word they use. Nope. I'm going to use the word sex. Does he actually have Thank one? Because I couldn't yeah, see Yeah, he has one on like this part yeah. of his oh, arm right here. I thought he just pointed there. No, no, there's a, a tattoo Is there. Is there actually one there? Tattoo oh, okay. there. Yeah. Um, and so he says, eight hangouts away. and we'll, Sorry, eight, eight hangouts will get me a tattoo. And then Sierra goes, okay, so we're only seven more away. And Sierra's definitely flirting with him. Like, absolutely, oh, yeah. she's flirting with him. Without a shadow. Um, 
she asks, do you want to blaze up? Or do you blaze, right? I've never heard the term blaze for smoking weed before. Have you not um, 420 blaze it, man? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just went really quiet. I'm just saying we're all shocked that Georgia came out with us. Uh, I'm from Canada. We're like, you know, it's, it's, it's basically our Are second you? national pastime. I'm light not a partaker. Up, light up. I'm not a partaker, but, but I'm, like, I'm very much like in the corner by myself, as everybody else does. Oh, okay. Um, and so... Um, yeah, so his response is, you know, do you, you, you blaze, right? Does a Pope shit in the woods? Hey, that's Which my Which is an saying. amalgamation of two different ones, yes. isn't it? Yeah. I say that yeah. all the time. Is the Pope Catholic, do yeah. blaze shit in the woods. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and I combine them. That's like, oh, I lost my shit over there. There you go. Yeah. Uh, Not so much as the Pope. And they, they both admit they're both in junior college and they're both bad at school. And even when they're not at work, they're not doing anything meaningful. They're just sitting around wasting time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's my thing about this one, because this film loved a long lingering two shot. This whole shot is like behind, behind them. Yeah. It was a really, it was a really, I found myself frustrated by the shot. Yeah, I did. Cause I don't know, it's supposed to be like a spy shot. Like I'm, like I'm a spy. I would have much rather been in front of them. Yeah, because I want mm-hmm. to see their reactions. Yeah, I don't know if maybe someone's got cue cards with their lines on it or oh, something. Okay. It's possible because one long shot, you you make one mistake, you're you're going back to the start of that shot. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I don't know what the deal with that was, maybe but we I ask did, that question. I, I will ask about the behind yeah. behind the back shot because I would have preferred. A, uh, it's 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 very unconventional to it do is, that shot, it is, and it I would have been curious about that. Interesting as well because I think. We probably hated it quite so much because on stage, if you put someone's back to it, the like back to the audience, that you can't hear them. Yeah. So it's it's a just absolute no no. So I think to see that for so long, it's a nice scene in a film was a bit weird. Yeah, it's yeah. a nice scene. I just would have preferred, I think, yeah, the front shot as opposed mm-hmm. to the back shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Then we go to uh oh sorry oh so Crispin has a diary and he writes like a serial killer. He does. <laughs> he writes like with his hand curled around. Yeah. Like he's got a claw. It's really weird. I think this is probably his actual way of writing, Georgia. Everyone's got their own weird, unique way of writing. Mine is uh, illegible. I mean, um, yeah, I you're managed, like a doctor. Yeah. Despite being right-handed, I managed to get pen all over my fingers because they drag on the paper. So, I mean, I, I can criticize other people's handwriting. It's fine. Um, and so we cut to Lloyd, who's lost his hat. And we just think it's silly Lloyd's losing his hat. And we leave it there. And I like that we leave it there. Yeah, it lingers a bit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jason and Lloyd hang out again. And uh, it's by a river. And, and, and Crispin is leaning back with his hands kind of behind him. It looks like the painting from Ferris Bueller, where the, all the people were by the river. Oh. Pointless so it's called A Sunday Afternoon on the Island of La Grande Jetée by oh. George Sherratt. I'm going to ask about that. Yeah. I think I think that was inspiration. Oh, okay. I do, I do, I do. Um, Jason wants to know how a date went, and at first we didn't do it, if that's what you mean. That very <laughs> yeah, basic yeah. thing. And he goes, what are you talking about? And he goes, okay, we had the great, we talked about nothing, and it was the greatest conversation I've ever had. And I've, then and then he's like, yeah. I love those conversations. And, and Jason kind of talks, goes through the, the play-by-play, and goes, she's into you, man. And he goes, I don't know. He goes, no, she's into you. Was there a long lingering thing? Yes, there was. Did she make fun of you? Yeah, yeah. Was there talking some, yeah, yeah. She likes you. He's like, oh. (laughs) And this is, this is Crispin's downfall. Yes. Because he's, oh. confidence, yeah. I don't know if she likes me or not. Yeah, stuck in her up. Meanwhile, then we have another girl come up. Doesn't get ahead. No. Tiffany, did you say? Tiffany, did you say? Brittany, Tiffany, Tiffany. Uh, Tiffany gets turned down. I like Tiffany. The exact same line. (laughs) Out she goes. Uh, does she give yeah, but she, she says, says fuck you yeah she, she is right yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> good on her 
Uh, we go back to the restaurant. Uh, Lloyd has found his hat. Uh, Crispin tells Lloyd by mistake how much he gets paid. <laughs> and Lloyd gets angry and steals a bunch of money out of the register. And Shades, who must be like the alternate manager. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't even care. I'm on this. <laughs> I don't even care. He like, chases him out and shouts at him. And when he leaves, he's just like, yeah, right. But this is where we find out that Lloyd had a best friend. And they were like absolute, like the dynamic duo. They did everything together ever since they grew up. Brothers in arms. Brothers in arms. They were on the same little league team and they were on all these things together. And same college, university or something. Yeah. They did everything together and they got in an accident senior year. And, um, which I guess would have been high school. And so as a result, she wouldn't do it in junior college. Um, and Lloyd, sorry, his, his buddy Jordan dies. And so that's Jordan's at. Yeah. and so his hat is jordan's hat and we go whoa this was supposed to be a sidekick comedy character what are you yeah, doing to yeah, like, yeah. you know i just watched him put like five forks in his beard and answer the phone at the same time what are you <laughs> what, are you, what, are, what are you talking about <laughs> uh we go to another date overlooking the city and they're smoking weed there's a lot of weed smoking in this movie there is uh, a lot of smoke in general they're playing some sort of game i don't know what the game is where she's they're like, yeah, my 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 driving instructor. Oh, your driving instructor? Yeah, my driving instructor. You? Oh, my guidance counselor got me into a four year college. I think it's weirdest person you've slept with. I don't think it's slept with. I think it's no. people you've disappointed in your life. Oh no, it came across to me as if it was there'd been some sort of sexual. Because I've seen this movie twice. There's no origin to this. They're just la- they just you start off. They're yeah. just naming things. Do you think this was an improvised scene? No, 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 not at all. Okay, well, not at all. Without question for Jay. Without disparaging. What was going on? No, I think it was a scripted. Okay. Yeah. I just think it was edited. Whatever was the start, they didn't run with it in the end. So they cut it or someone had an issue with it. Oh, okay. So um, I didn't didn't get it either. Sierra didn't go to uni because she was afraid the impact of her life would be nothing. And we get this thing about how, you know, I'll sit down at my job so I can sit down in my car so I can sit down in my house. And maybe I can sit down with my friends and talk about how much. I'm like, okay, yeah, life is a lot of sitting. I'm sitting here right now. Um you know i don't know the fear of making a wrong move stops you from making any move okay that's i've made a lot of wrong moves and i'm still making them (laughs) yeah but better than doing that than not making the move yeah true Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Yeah, yeah so um it's another long take but this is the one in front Mm -hmm. they're in front of it so that's all right um turns out crispin likes sitting sierra likes sitting with crispin she thinks he's got everything kind of figured out I've got, they've got a really nice chemistry. And she, rests she puts her, her head, head on, on his shoulder. shoulder. Crispin's an idiot. Mm-hmm. Yes. If he's not putting two and two together by now. There's something wrong. Like, I watched it twice. And the second time, I'm like, the signs could not be any more clear unless she, like, rented a sign or a, or a plane with, like, something to go over the head with them. Yes, I like you. And even yeah. then, he'd be questioning, but does she like me or does she like like me? Yes. Uh, Lloyd, is sticking, on, Crispin. Lloyd is sticking man forks into his beard. Um, many forks. I should have said many forks into his beard. Man forks. When he was a man the- fork. That's where you get at Five Guys. The Five Guys are the man forks. Uh, when when he was sticking the forks in his beard, all I kept thinking was, "Go on, you can get another one in there." Oh, go on, you go on. You. <laughs> That's what they said at Five Guys. <laughs> oh my word! Can we try and stop with it? Because we won't stop. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, let's fork and get on with it. <laughs> but yeah, let's stick a fork in it yeah. and move on. <laughs> But I generally thought, how many can he get, can he get in there? <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was, I think we're at the five and then at the phone call. Um, and well, well placed over the phone. <laughs> yeah. Over them. 
And so I'm starting to figure out why this pizza. Because I was like, why does this pizza cost twenty seven ninety? That's like twenty three pounds. That's a lot of money. And then I took a look at how much pepperoni and stuff they're putting on this because we got us a pizza montage. Oh. Pizza montage. Do you know what though? They look really nice pizzas. The pizzas look good. I, the song. I, I got a question about the song because this felt like someone doing their best sound alike to Franz Ferdinand. Take me out. Yeah, you said. That, I started yeah. singing along you did, to it. You did. It was. It was chord by chord perfect. It was. Yeah. So I like the song. I did. But it felt very much like, let's do our version to Take Me Out. Yeah. Um, and so, I don't know. It was a good way to pass three or four minutes. I guess this is the passage of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I could have done with maybe some indicators that time was passing. I don't know how to do that, but something. Um, but I definitely want one of these pizzas. Me too. Then we get finished a shift, and there's a night out. And Crispin's been told you can't show up to this party in your Northwood Pie uniform shirt. Uh, and they make him change into a shirt they have on them, which is a Hawaiian shirt, which doesn't look great, but it's not terrible. No. It's not the worst shirt ever. Um, Raheem, who we met earlier, uh, who kind of is bullied by Anthony into doing homework, but Anthony doesn't go to class, so why does he care? If he's not in class, he doesn't need homework anymore. But Raheem does homework for someone else. Anthony calls him a whore. There were a few too many side characters, I wanted to say, in the circle of friends. Mm. They need to be a bit more established. There was Tim. Tim's the guy in the black shirt. Um, he's the guy who gets with Rachel at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Tim, I believe, yeah. The weirdo hippie one that like, kind of sits with all the girls at the party. That's not Tim. Tim's the guy with the black hat and the receding hairline. So black shirt and the receding hairline. He's not the one who sits with the girls. He's oh. the one who just gets... He's the one... Who, never mind. We'll talk about it in the second we get to it in the, in the, in the thing. Um, it's, a, it's, it's very, as far as parties go, I spent some time in Arizona and Southern California. It's a pretty, it's a pretty Cali kind of party. Like, you know, everyone's outside the, the house. It's, 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 it's warm. It's everyone's, nice. everyone's in the backyard. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's some music. Um, we won't have that over here. <laughs> right. So just before, uh, so Jason's freaking out because Rachel's at the party. Crispin is looking for Sierra because she's supposed to be at the party. You know what a good time to talk about this would have been? When you guys were at work earlier. Yeah. But still. So all these things are happening. Tim, this guy in the black shirt, is talking to Rachel. Oh, that There guy. it is. Yeah, yeah. So so Crispin goes up and runs interference and makes him leave. It takes they walk like two steps to the left and then have a full volume conversation <laughs> that's going on. Tim's cool with it and just leaves and goes, There's more fish in the sea, basically. Yeah. I'm being much more PG than he was, but still. Um, and then, um, is this where, um, Crispin turns to the staircase? Uh, we're about to get there. Yeah. Um, so Rachel then moments later approaches Jason and offers him a lift and he turns it down. Yes, why? And I can't figure this out. Oh, come on. This is the one. I had a whole subtext in my head that Jason's gay. Also, and maybe the whole Rachel thing is a distraction to hide from his burgeoning homosexuality. Yeah, maybe. I, but I can't make that work with what's happening later in the film. No, no. It came across to me a bit like the humor that you get in the in-betweeners with Jay, I think it is, with the guy who like claims to have slept with so many girls and this, that, and yeah, the other. That's no, um, but they're getting back together. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no, I know. And But he like he thinks that it's the right thing to do. He like thinks he's got all the psychology over the girls and that sort of thing. And like <sighs> by saying no to her, she's going to want him more. I, Obviously, that doesn't work. I really hope it's, it's my theory because that would actually make, that would, that would be really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, if this whole thing's just a cover. Oh, I just kept thinking. Because she's throwing herself at him. Throwing, yep. Would you like, I can give you a lift. Oh, I've got a lift. Well, your car's pretty full. Come on, let let me help you out. No, 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 next time. 
And I'm like, all we've heard all movie long is how you want to be with this girl. Yeah, and then you get the opportunity, and what, you don't. What, what is the reason for this? And I, I didn't quite get this, even uh, on two watches. I, I was trying to pay attention if I missed something. I didn't get it, yeah. They go inside, and just as he's having his bad moment, I guess... Sierra comes downstairs at a party, hand in hand with this guy. And, and they show you a close-up. But they also show you the feet. Yeah. And she was introduced with the feet. And then yeah. we have her breaking his heart with the feet. Yeah. So a nice pairing of sort of stuff. And the close-up with the hands. And we had their hands touching earlier they in the did, film. Yeah, yeah. We had the hands touching. So this was a nice callback here as well. And then we just see Crispin's defeated face. And in that moment, I'm going, I feel really bad for Crispin. How could she do this to him? I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm 100% on board. I think she I really felt liked that. I think she felt that too, though, when she got to the bottom of the stairs and saw him. Uh, maybe. You know, maybe. There were some hints about, don't worry about what everyone else says about her. And it was like, well, what do they say about her? Yeah. We, I didn't really, is it just that they wouldn't end up together? What was the, what are they saying about her? And, oh, I think it was that she's promiscuous. That's what I thought too. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought too. Um, Anthony. Hey, and, works for me. So then we go to the dry. Oh, sorry. They, they go to go home. Um, they go to leave and uh tim is making out with rachel on the hood of the car okay and so and this seems to bother jason i'm like now is this the front i don't understand this because you just turned her down yeah um that could have been you yeah the drive home crispin now they've dropped off jason and they've dropped off i've I've skipped over the guy who was just like stoned in the back of the car yeah who's just the guy who just what do you do what party were you at Stoner number one. Yeah, he's not, Adam. Just, Adam. There was just a few too many characters at times for me to sort of invest in them all. Do you think I was just trying to get yeah. Um, friends in? <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I yeah. think so. I don't mean that disparagingly. There are people who have helped out in some capacity. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so then we've got uh, the conversation between Anthony, who I think is a real rock star in this scene, and, uh, and Crispin. And they're coming home, and he goes, you know, Crispin's going like, what did I do wrong? And Anthony says, well, did you make the move? And he goes, well, what do you mean make a move? No, I didn't make any move. Did you ever tell her how you felt? And he goes, well, no, but I wasn't sure. And he's like, well, you did nothing. Direct, direct quote, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? <laughs> yeah. And I, I like this because you have to actually, in order to make things happen to you in your life, you have to go do it. Yeah. Yep. You have to take the shot, as we said. Yeah. You know, you have to go ahead and whatever the move is, whether it works or whether it doesn't, have your shot because then things have a chance of happening. But, you know, things aren't just going to fall into your lap. No. Life doesn't just land. You go, hey, look what happened. Yeah. It doesn't do that. It doesn't do that. <laughs> no. And so this is the lesson here. Yeah, this one stings, but sort of move on past that and figure out what the next move is. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he goes, and then we get, she's just another reason for you to stay. And they go, what do you mean another reason for us to stay? And uh, we get told that everyone else here is probably not going to go anywhere, but you are. You're destined for bigger things. This kind of felt like a goodwill hunting speech. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It felt like Ben Affleck telling Matt Damon, yeah. you know, I hope one day I turn around and you're not there that day. Yeah, I'll knock on your door and you're not there. Yeah, it yeah. felt like this. But but the problem was like we've established like Crispin writes his journal a lot, but is he good at writing? Has that been established? Yeah, you don't know. Do you? What is he going? Where is he doing? Whatever he's doing? Like yeah. what's different? Uh, I needed more to see what made Crispin unique compared to his friends. Yeah, and there wasn't really anything that made him unique. Now, what we didn't mention is that at the party, he had an idea where he helps his friend out uh, by saying, here's what you do if you want to get with this girl tonight. You do this, this, this. In about 10 minutes, you say, boy, I wish I could come over to yours. She'll invite you over. And it works like a charm. It works perfectly. So as other people, he can sort of call the shots. But actually having the gumption to go ahead and take your shot, 
uh, is, is, is where he falls down. Yeah. And he's, I guess I'm just not a closer. Well, it's not even a closer. You're not a trier. Yeah. Is what ends up being. Um, we get to the end, sort of Crispin, we find out is leaving the area. And we find this out not through any meaningful, th- we just get shades telling us, so you, you, I'll be so glad when you're gone. I like shades. You, you get to close tonight? Okay, good. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Uh, and we get a, but we do get a lovely scene as a result from Lloyd and uh, Crispin, two characters who I think are really good together. Mm-hmm. And oh, I really like, I, I liked their character interactions. Yeah, I do. And we find out that, um, you know, Lloyd shares how this was his and Jordan's first everything. Like they went to little league baseball here. Yeah, they both had sexual experiences yeah. out back. Yeah. It was both of their first job. And he said earlier, he never wants to leave his job. And now you figure out, Oh, this is why he doesn't want to leave his job. Cause if he leaves this job, he leaves the he ghost behind. On. He leaves Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Always. He, right now he gets to sit around. Now you're either haunted by the ghosts or you're comforted by the ghosts. And in the current status, Lloyd can't let himself leave this place. No. And in a sense, this place, I can't believe I'm going here with this. This place turns into a kind of purgatory for these characters mm-hmm. where they spend time until they're ready to be released yeah. from the, but very lost as well, very the island. But yeah, <laughs> until the, the pizza place is done with you, you don't get to leave. And he's still figuring it out. And he said, if I could buy this place, I would. This is, if this is the last job I get, I'm, I'm good. Yeah. And you get this sense of, they're do everything together loyalty so i'm not leaving you left i'm not leaving this is where we're gonna yeah it's it's uh it was a powerful scene and i was not expecting it i went yeah. not from Lloyd. and really well done really yeah, well done yeah yeah mm-hmm. um so jordan's got himself a new opponent we find out himself <laughs> um and they're, 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 they're having the same conversations that they did at the start of the movie which kind of feels like the circularity of their existence like we just keep coming around we're gonna be in this place or that place and we move to this place we can watch all of this we want to do or we can do and none of them are making any progress because they're not gonna leave but crispin is crispin's destined for more yeah. they go what are you doing and he goes i literally have no idea and crispin makes his last pizza shades is very happy it's his last pizza yeah <laughs> Uh, Lloyd's very sad. It's his last pizza. Such a sad pizza. Can't look at it. Too sad. Can't look at you. Makes me too I sad. I thought he's making his pizza for himself. Well, I don't know. I hope not because Shades keeps eating it. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? Um, and we found out there was a bet. And uh, to be fair, not to be fair, to be accurate, Crispin's been a real jerk, I think, to Sierra at work. She's like, bye, everybody. And oh, he yeah, like yeah. no sells it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, she did not cheat on you because you did not give her anything to cheat on. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. You were a guy who you were on the cusp of being in a relationship, but never went down that road. And yeah, rather than you, you wait forever, a rabbit hole, yeah. which is Alice Wonderland again. There, there we go. There you go, Georgia. Hey. Two things. Hey. Um, so um, it turns out she's made a bet, and she made twenty bucks because she bet Crispin wouldn't last a year because he's meant for you know more. She made that. She she approached him with this, so he'd ignored her at work, and then she came as the yeah. last day, and she spoke to him first. I don't think he'd have spoke to her. No, I think he would have. If, as it turns out, some things do just fall in your lap, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, but that's that. Uh, but she says, I'm going to be here longer than a year. I got more than a year in this place left in me. Mm-hmm. And it does feel like it's like this progress, this thing that she has to be ready to leave and she's not there yet. Yeah. And Lloyd will never be there yet. And who knows about some of these other characters? If this is, if this is it, this is, this is where they're going to be for now. Yeah, yeah. Until it closes and becomes a whatever of a new strip mall restaurant thing is that'll go into that place because we heard talk of you know, yogurt town socks and all that stuff, right? Yeah. yeah. So, um, and then Crispin looks at the pinball machine. He starts playing. He becomes the pinball wizard. He becomes pinball wizard, and every character 
We're like, this is a curtain call. Everybody around the pinball machine. Yeah. They all one come in. They go, hey, Crispin, isn't this your last day? That's enough dialogue to justify your existence in yeah, the scene. Yeah. And, uh, but I'll tell you what, I've never cared so much about like a little montage of someone playing pinball. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And I knew where it was going to go. I was terrified it was going to fall and he'd be just short. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he makes it. He makes it. Even Shades is like Matan, who hadn't been in the movie for like at 35 minutes at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Garza shows up one last time. Um, and so even even the guy, even Tim, the guy who made out with Rachel, which, you know, I guess uh, Dan or is it Dan? Jason. Jason. He called him Dan. Jason. Because we got Jason and Jordan. So even Jason's cool to be in there, I guess. Yeah. All right. And uh, he beats the high score. He smiles. He smiles. He walks up. So, this is like a bye to anybody. I know it's no, a great no. moment, but we get another follow shot, but this time we follow him out. Yeah, through the back door. Through the back door. Very, back. very Bo Burnham outside, inside, whatever it is. Make happy inside. I wanted this to, when the back door shut, I wanted it to go black. As opposed to what? Well, I thought that'd be like the finishing ending and then the credits would come. Like the Isn't door. that what happened? Did it? Yeah. yeah. Oh. This is literally the last shot of the film, Liam. But he, I went... Okay. He leaves. We don't go outside with him. We stay in the pizza restaurant. The door but shuts. You get the bright light coming through. I just wanted to, as the door, door shut, I wanted to go black. Did it? It's, it does not linger a little bit. I don't know what it is. It definitely doesn't go to anything else. I, I, just, sure. I just remember at the time thinking. I think, I think a clean cut's a little too clean for what this film is. I like, oh, I'd, I'd like that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, Jay will be on in a minute. You can tell him that. Because yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to listen to it. Yeah. <laughs> not at all. Uh, so, um, Liam, you got a random word on this one? Random word. Um, pinball. Pinball. Yeah. One word. We're getting better. Pinball wizard. <laughs> oh, I, I the one word. Pinball. Pinball. That deaf, dumb, blind kid sure, sure plays a mean pinball. pinball. I mean, who's story? I mean, it's obvious whose story it is, isn't it? Of course it is. Mm-hmm. It's Crispin's, yeah? Yeah. Yep. All the way through, yeah. Yeah. We, we follow him through the whole thing. He's the one we're aligned to. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what is the story here? I think this is much more character study than it is a storyline. Okay. The story um, is everyone has things going on. Um, and he he's in his rut with them and he's now making his headway through that rut to get to the end point of starting his life he's had all these ideas and talking and it's never been anything and for the rest of his mates there will be nothing but for him it'll be something else okay yeah no i quite like the purgatory metaphor it is very much this is where you go to sort your life out until you're ready to be spat out into the real world okay uh, thank you. Great. Great. It was. It was, I, good. It I, was. I, I, I like hearing how clever I am. Um, <laughs> Hashtag Ian's always right. I think I've learned two things this episode. Number one, it's way too easy for you lot to make five guys jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you just walk into it. I was so forking done with it. That's all. <laughs> forking done. Um, but uh, I think the story here is that yeah, life does not happen to those who wait for it to happen to them. No. I think you go out and you make it happen. And I hate to, I mean, it's How Much Your Mother, season one, episode one, where, you know, Neil Patrick Harris, God bless him, kisses uh, Marshall. Barney kisses Marshall and say, you know, now do I have to go, I go to bed knowing Marshall and me? Never going to happen. 
<laughs> but it's an idea. You go ahead and you make it. I don't mean you kiss people without consent, but I do mean you go ahead and you find out where, where, where you stand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens in life. You can't wait. You know, nothing. People don't just walk up to you for the most part and offer you promotions or, or any of this sort of stuff. You got to kind of go for it. You got to put yourself out She there. couldn't have been. Any, I mean, talk about going for moves. She couldn't have made any more moves if she tried. No, All she, the moves made were her. And he yeah. was too busy being this sort of like low level, clever, awkward. self obsessed, but like in a negative way rather than it's, a positive it's, it's way. like where narcissism meets self-deprecation yeah 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 it's a good place not a good place to be but a, <laughs> yeah, good, yeah. a good way to describe it yeah, yeah. you gotta be i think the story of this is you gotta be the hamilton not the aaron burr <laughs> okay yeah you gotta stand for something you know you gotta stand for something you gotta do something don't throw away your shot don't throw away your shot just stand it and nice. waiting for it yep he was sitting around the guy came down the stairs over and he goes, what did i miss <laughs> <laughs> Um, role of women and he says this with a really awkward sort of well I don't know maybe role of women ladies what do we think it's not the best There's I don't think not it's many in there bad because she is she's like second main character probably yeah Um, and I think you get a decent amount of story you get some mystery you get some this that, and the other and she's not clean cut and that's quite nice to see sometimes I could have done with a, f- a pizza place that had room for two female employees. Yeah, yeah. just yeah. some heavy, She was literally the film she, she was it. Smurfette. Yeah, yeah. She's the only girl yeah, <laughs> in the true. universe they live in. Yeah, she's it. Rachel's an idea who we see at the party. Yeah, but really, uh, what I do like about her is that she doesn't sit around and wait for Crispin when when Crispin's not out. Yeah. Now, does she? No, a part of me, the part of me that's aligned to Crispin in the movie, and I'm told he's the guy I'm supposed to root for. Because movie tells me that. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't like the fact that she didn't tell him, hey, I'm going with this guy. Or, hey. Yeah, I'm... but they, they hadn't really. No, I, I know. This is where I'm, this is where I'm coming from. Oh, okay. Although the movie wants me to feel this way, and yeah, yeah. I do, I also realize, hang on. Yeah, yeah. Crispin never made a move. Nope. They're not anything. Nope. Yeah, and she can go get some if she wants. They them. hung out a couple of times. She does not owe him any sort of fidelity because nope. the, 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 there's no understanding in place. Yeah. No, but that weird I, that weird look she gives him when she comes to the bottom of the stairs. It's regret. It's, it's 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 I wish you didn't see this. Yeah. Yeah. And guilt, I think. I've hurt your feelings. Um, yeah, but but what do you want me to, uh, regret maybe? I don't know if she feels she's done anything wrong, but I think she's wishing this combination of situations didn't happen. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I really like the character of Sierra. I just wish there were more female characters in the film as a whole because I think the the three women that throw themselves at Jason aren't really characters. They're just... I like no, they, don't, they don't have to be. I mean, I don't have to know who these women are. It's just the idea that women are throwing themselves at him. I'm okay, I'm okay, okay, oh, I'm I'm okay with, with that are. in a world where there's more female characters, perhaps, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, they could have had, you know, a woman in the group or something. <sighs> yeah. Because I want movies where we can have movies where there's a group of, f- of female friends and we have their story. With a group of male friends, we have their story. We have we have combinations. But I don't want to say that every movie, therefore, has to have a woman inside the group of friends. No. Transpotty no. would not have worked if you put a girl in there. Neither would the usual suspects. Neither would a good fellow. There fellas. was a girl in there. In what? Transpotting. She's just really forgettable. N- not not in the four no, of them. Not in, yeah, not in the not in the gang. No. Oh, sorry. That she was. She has the baby, but she's not really. She doesn't go and do anything, does she? No. No. So fair enough, yeah. But like these things don't work if, if we just sort of try to artificially put... But they'll have a range of stories. So I don't mind the fact that there wasn't a girl in the group of friends. But 
just somewhere. There could have been another girl working at the pizza shop who could have had that role. Maybe it wasn't one of his friends, but it was someone else we worked with. Yeah, just and not a love interest, <sighs> just a shades. Why couldn't shades have been a girl? Yeah. Shades could have totally be an intimidating woman. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, or Metan or whoever, but shades would be funnier because you'd go kind of against expectations. Yeah. Um. So, uh, let's talk about our favorite character. I like Sierra. Sierra? Yeah. I, 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 get, I, understand, I understand that. Girl. You thought she was cute? I did, yeah. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Georgia? Lloyd, definitely. Lloyd? Yeah. Ellie? Uh, mine was Sierra as well. I like the complexity of the character. Yeah. I'm going to go with Lloyd. I really, I overlooked Lloyd. Lo- yeah, you know who Lloyd is? Lloyd is the Amos Hart of this cast. Yeah. yeah. He's the guy you overlook and you find out he's got a heck of a story. Mm-hmm. And I think... The guy who plays him is fantastic. Oh, he's yeah, brilliant. He's, he's, he's my favorite actor of the world. He's the actor, yeah. He's great. Yep, yeah. yeah, I agree. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know, honorable mention to, I don't know, Shades. Like Shades. Yeah, I like Shades. shades I, I don't like Shades, but I like Shades. Like shades, the character, shades yeah. is funny. Yeah. Uh, best moment, best element? Um... How good the pizzas looked before they were cooked with all that stuff on. <laughs> Yeah, the pizza montage. They looked a bit crispy when they came out sometimes. Hang on, that was going to be my, my oh, little grumpy. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, to me, it was like the demise of the house party. So oh, that scene. Yeah. From, from where um, Jason rejects Rachel. So how like everyone's party night just kind of turns to shit all at once. So the rejection of Rachel, then Sierra coming down the stairs, and then them all deciding <laughs> to leave and be like, fuck him. And the, the guy in the car, like just that kind of, it just really epitomized what a terrible house party can can be i think that's actually quite accurate <laughs> actually my favorite my favorite moment was the the lloyd and crispin talk okay. about about um jordan yep uh there's some really nice callbacks to things so the, the setting up the pinball paying off the pinball starting mm. with the shoes there's the shoes the hand touch the hand touch the discussion of hand touch to the hand touch to the hand touch yeah i think all these things are actually quite sophisticated and it requires a lot of inference because it's hidden within kind of this um, profanity-filled kind of movie. Yeah, yeah. And yet you've got these deeper themes that run underneath it. And um, despite the limitations of an independent budget, the cinematography and things like that that is able to highlight these elements. Mm-hmm. So I do like that. Uh, Grumbles? Smoking, smoking, smoking. You just didn't like watching it? No, it was too much, too heavy. Okay. Too heavy on That's the smoke. That's exactly mine as well. Okay. Yeah. The glamorization of weed and smoking in this film for 2020 seems a lot. It just threw me. Okay, Georgia. Uh, that most of the pizzas were burnt. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go too many characters. Yeah, but I think I was just trying to squeeze. It might have been, and that's that's fair. And if, if, it's, if it's friends and family, and do this is the one time I've had a thing. I get you. Uh, maybe maybe more extras and less characters less with names characters, I'm supposed yeah. to keep track of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The characters I cared about were uh, I cared about uh, Crispin because the movie tells me I, I should. Yeah. I care about uh, Jason, and I care about um, Anthony. Yeah. Who I really quite liked. His speech at the end was really quite... Oh, I might be... Oh, I might have made a mistake there. That's really nice, too. That scene in the car. Mm. Um, and then I like Lloyd, and I like Matan, and I like Sierra, and that's uh, uh, six, seven, and then I'm... You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. it's a lot. It's a lot for what the film's got time to run. The film runs 75 minutes pretty quick. 
Yeah. Pretty quick. Yeah. So I, a little bit of trimming from the guy who passes out in the car, from Tim, from, I mean, Rachel's necessary, uh, from, uh, oh, the guy who wore the whiskey and women t-shirt. The guy who gets the advice and then leaves. I mean, it was just, oh, the, 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 the guy who's doing Raheem or whoever, who's doing the homework. Like there was just so many characters. I'm like, I, I'm really struggling keeping track of them all. Mm -hmm. So that would be mine. I'm, I, I would, I would tighten that up just a touch. Um, but overall, I really like the script. I really like the story. So there we yeah, go. Same. Um, no need for an AGA. Definitely no need for a best role ever because we haven't seen any of them before. No. Anything. God, it's everybody's best role hey, ever. Everybody. Uh, the critics came in at like 90% on this one. Ellie, do you have any sort of critical statements there? Uh, critical as in see. statements by the critics, not necessarily. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we have, I'll start off with a positive one. Northwood Pie may seem like a run-of-the-mill stoner flick, but it turns out to be way more than that. Naturalistic dialogues and a subtle approach to the young adult universe. And that's by Alejandro Turdo from Hoysale Cine. Excellent. Oh, nice. Um, and then we've got a negative or a rotten one. Um, the main problem was the script that just wasn't funny and seemed to think the F word is an excuse for a joke, which gets old fast. I didn't think... I- Sorry, go ahead. I liked the fact that the opening word was fuck. I didn't find this that egregious, actually. There's no. films that, no. like, we did. What did we do last week that had a lot of F-bombs in it? Uh, point Break. Point Break. Point Break. That had a lot of F-bombs yeah, in it. Yeah. This, I did not find that at all. No, I didn't. No, nah, I was all right with this. Yeah. Yeah, I was all right. Yeah. Um, and then we'll finish with Aramid Tinubu from A Word with Aramid. Whether you grew up in this kind of community or not, many of the characters will certainly feel familiar to you as people you've known for decades or have just come breezing into your life. Excellent. So there is that. Uh, Now it's just time to sort of give it a rating. Give it a rating, everybody. Liam, where are we at? (laughs) I quite enjoyed this movie. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. Seven. Seven Sierra appearances. <laughs> <laughs> you really have no idea when you start talking where this is going, do you? I have no idea. <laughs> you can see it in my eyes, yeah. can't you? <laughs> I am also going to go with uh, seven, seven guys burgers. <laughs> oh, Ellie. Um, I thought it was quite a short film and I could have done with, I never say this normally, I could have done with a little bit more of, more film and a bit more of a storyline rather than does it count as feature length at 75 minutes yeah 40 minutes and above according to the academy 40 40 40 minutes now you might have a hard time it was 80 no you might have a hard time getting it to be eligible for an oscar 40 minutes you might have a hard time getting a a a cinema to run the film at 75 minutes i think they require 80 to to to, to get into the cinema something was 80 yeah yeah in order to charge that price but something like this which should be distributed online you're okay um, but yeah, overall, I, I quite enjoyed it as a character study, so I'm going to give it seven as well. Hey, seven. Uh, here we go then for me. Um, mm. This has, I mean, this looks like a low budget independent film. There's nothing wrong with that. No, but I like that. It, it, it is what it is. It has a rawness. That's the and, rawness I like. And it, it, you can't help but draw parallels to Kevin Smith. Now, is this Kevin Smith and Clerks? No. No, it's not. No. And the Rotten Tomatoes at 90-something percent. It's it's important we don't go, that means it's 9.5 out of 10. That's not what that means. No. <laughs> it means that 90% of people thought it was a good movie. 
Yeah. Okay, whatever that is. So I'm pretty much sitting, uh, well, not pretty much. I'm, I'm right on board with you guys. Uh, I thought the script was well done. I thought there were key moments of cinematography, which were pulled off. The acting, for the most part, I thought was good. Yeah. And I thought the guy who played Lloyd is absolutely outstanding. outstanding. Yes. Outstanding. Best in show. Yeah. I'd be very curious to see what happens to his career going forward. Mm-hmm. I am going to give it seven edits I have to make around your disgusting puns out of ten. <laughs> So sevens across the board. So these four guys and girls <laughs> gave it sevens across the board. So uh, I see there's a chat message. Does that mean that Jay is with us? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, if you want to go ahead and let Jay in, no, that no, no, would no, be. No, 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 That one. What? Don't click that oh, button. I'm going to hit cancel. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so I was, I was yeah, I'm panicking. Fine. I was no, I'm panicking fine. that you were about to just close so, the whole window. Close, so right. can I let him in? Please do. So we are uh, delighted today to be joined by uh, director of Northwood Pie, also producer and co-writer, Jay Salahi. Am I saying that correctly? You are saying it correctly, and everyone says Salahi, so congratulations. Oh. You're one of the very, very few. Now, hang on. It would I might be get... really awkward if we got it wrong, because we've been well, used well, it for like well, the that, last hour the, and a bit. That's the, oh, yeah. I was just saying, it's a of editing, but I don't want to go back and just, <laughs> my name <laughs> just comes in as a dub over each one. <laughs> yeah. Just like, you know, like the Alexa, like Google Translate speak, just now, like that. I do have to admit, I wasn't sure what, how to pronounce Todd's surname when referencing him. Is it Kanak or is it Knack? Um, Knack. Nah. Yeah, okay, yeah, I was right. you were right. So I'll have to go back and do a couple of those. But um, so, although I'm probably going to say he's going to tell me I got that wrong. So well, there we go. Uh, well, so. let's start by talking about because this obviously seems like it was spearheaded by the two of you in a in, in a joint fashion. So maybe you can give us a little bit of the background of you know how you guys came together and decided to start on this journey that became Northwood Pie. Yeah, yeah. First off, thanks for having me on. You know, a movie this small. Like we made it at 22 years old on the weekend with friends, you know, for $12,000. It's kind of a do-it-yourself feature. So it needs all the promotion or people talking about it, just getting eyes on it, it needs. So thank you guys so much for talking about the film and watching the movie. I mean, deeply appreciate it. No um, it just started, you know, we both grew up in Irvine. I grew up across the street from the pizza place. He worked at the pizza place. And I was at a similar point in Crispin in my life. I... Uh, kind of quit my job at Juice It Up, dropped out of junior college um, and moved to LA in the same week and wow. got like an internship and a job out here PAing. And Todd just decided to move around the same time. And right when we moved there, we started talking about our life and wanting to do a movie. And I always had this idea of kind of doing a simple practice feature film, like a clerk's type of thing. And he worked at the pizza place and happened to have notes of all these like story beats. And <laughs> I just we, I met up together and just started writing the movie. We met up once a week and just wrote five pages at a time and slowly but surely, wow. you know, it was done. So just kind of chugged through it. And once you had wrote it, how did you, how long did it take to get that off the paper and into action? So it's one of those things where I saw this independent film that my friend took me to um, called the sublime and the beautiful yeah. uh, director, Blake Robbins. He's a actor, like a working actor. He's been in like hundreds of episodes of television. He's in the movie rubber, the killer tire. And he had a film festival said no one ever gets anything done because they try to perfect everything and you should just set a date and go for it. So when I heard that, I went, I told True. Todd, I said, you know what, we're shooting August 14th, no matter what happens. <laughs> and we're just going to every single week work toward that. And whatever we have by August 14th, we'll shoot. And now we start shooting like September 14th, but that mindset really pushed us through. So we finished the script and once it was done, I was like, well, what's next? And it's like, well, we got to cast it. So, you know, just set up some casting things, some free places and organized it. And we're there sitting there. And before you know it, we're starting to cast people and it's just coming to life in front of us. And we kind of 
got lucky because the pizza place, um, Todd used to work there in high school and I grew up across the street and they just let us film there when they were open, um, when they were closed, they just gave us, you know, full, cool. yeah. And it's great. Cause in the movie, there's a lot of times where you see people working in the background and they're actually working in the pizza place. Like, <laughs> you know, so great. they have actors in front and people in the back really watching stuff. And there's scenes where like, uh, someone walks past the camera when they're inside the pizza place. And that's like a real customer coming in and off screen. I'm just like, come on, hurry. There's 30 seconds before he's getting for the parking lot. Like we got to get this done. <laughs> and I can cut when he walks through. And it, so a lot of it was just run and go. So that's but cool. it's, it's fun. So, I mean, it just really the, the will to do it. I feel like everyone I knew was making a lot of short films and went to film school and I didn't go to film school and I felt behind. And I said, you know what? Telling a story for 80 minutes in a feature film is just so much different, you know, than a short film or yeah. a music video. Every other person on Instagram has got a very good looking music video or a yeah. great cinematography reel or, you know, short films are advertising. But everyone wants to make feature films. So I was like, why not just make a feature film? Because that's what everyone is striving to do. And they almost feel like they need to pass all these barriers before they're allowed to make one. Or someone has to tell you, you go make your feature film now. You've done a good short film and a good music video. And I was like, no, let's just go make a movie. And we yeah. almost skipped all that, that. And we almost jump all those people who have been stuck behind just not believing in the process. And, um, you know, we just learned a lot. And I just kept it about pace. That was my big thing. I said, as long as you can just keep the movie at a certain tempo mm-hmm. and, you know, you have the Todd, you're not, you know, he doesn't want to be an actor. No one in the film's like a professional actor, but it's like, as long as the film moves at a constant rate and you're in every single scene, they'll be like, that's the lead character. That's the main guy. We know to follow him. And eventually you just get sucked into the story. So, and I think people, audiences really judge things. Um, like they they adapt. If you watch a Star Wars film, you're not judging that on the level you're watching Northwood Pie or watching a film on Netflix. <laughs> you're judging that, you know, it's like judging the, you know, LeBron James play basketball, you know, because you know yeah, it's yeah. the highest form of filmmaking or it's the highest form of money being spent. Yeah, so it's yeah. like I think when you're when you start watching the film, I think you do kind of get sucked into oh this is a lower budget film, oh this is this, and you kind of judge it for what it is. And I kind of trusted that, and I think you know it's worked out pretty well. And and you find yourself you're, you're more creative when you've got a lower budget oh yeah i mean that was the fun of it i mean filmmaking is just uh you know problem solving yeah absolutely (laughs) uh you mentioned todd um not necessarily an aspiring actor per se uh so as such uh, is the decision to go down the road of casting him as a lead character is that more to do with the idea that he knows where the story's going and it's a safe pair of hands or what is that decision that actually puts todd in that role yeah, so that's pretty much exactly it. So making the film again, it was like a practice movie. It's like, how do you make a feature film? And with problem solving, what I'm proud of is all the things people don't see. You know, yeah. the simple stuff about just making it watchable. You know, like I, right now we're shooting in the house that, or I'm in the house that's like the party scene was at. And it's so, <laughs> oh, that's so that's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> but, wow. But the party scene is, my whole house is a one-story house. And if you watch the movie, there's two stories in it. And like yeah. just pulling that off that people don't even think about that, that's the stuff I was panicked about, you know? Yeah. Oh, my God, carpet. Oh, the walls are different. But, you know, you trust filmmaking. Yeah. And, you know, there was days where they're supposed to be outside, but then it starts to rain in the morning and actors are driving down. And you just have to be like, okay, we're going to shoot it inside and we're going to rewrite it. So that was, I think, the best process of why making a feature was so helpful. So many people spend so much money making a short film and planning everything to the T for two days, but filmmaking is figuring stuff out. I want to go 180 degrees. And it's like, oh, well, you can only go 90 degrees. Well, if we move this around, can we at least go 120? And it's that compromise and that kind of, you know, that people don't see that I feel like we learned a lot of. And the thing, thing with Todd was we casted a lot of people and it was a you know, $12,000 movie. So it's kind of, we weren't really paying actors besides gas and food. Yeah. And 
you know, saying, Hey, if the movie makes money in the future, I give everybody, I'll toss everybody a percent. Um, but you know, that would be maybe a long time in the future. If <laughs> movie, um, but Todd understood, you know, he wrote the film. It's based off our lives and our everywhere. We, every location, in the film is somewhere that we've been, we've hung out at. And I just trusted that he understood the humor and that he would let the actors do their job. And I know he's competent. I knew he wasn't going to be, you know, the star of the movie. And he knew that too, but I knew he could carry the film enough and definitely yeah. better than any of the actors that we saw. You know, we saw about 40 actors for each thing, but, oh, okay. you know, it was limited pickings. I feel like there was only, we got the one right person for every single role. Like Annika Sierra, she's amazing. And uh, like, okay. I feel like, I mean, she made the movie. Like if I didn't cast her, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to you guys. I feel like, because I feel like I struck lightning when she came in, she was just the one person. It wasn't at all what I was thinking about, but um, we got lucky. So, and basically the other thing about the Todd, what I told Todd um, was that every scene in the movie and it may be to its detriment, but it's something we knew is that is the other person's scene. You know, I told Todd, let them have it. So every scene he's with Annika, I said, mm. this isn't your scene. It's Annika's scene. You just listen to her and you respond. You know, she's a, she wants to be a professional actress. She's a great actress. I think she's going to be a great actress. Um, so just let, let her listen. You know, when Lloyd and they're talking in the pizza place, I said, let him have his scene. So pretty much every scene he's in, I was telling the other actor, like, this is your moment to shine. Because Crispin's in every single scene of the film. So you're mm -hmm. naturally just following him. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he kind of gets his moment a little bit in the car. Um, yeah. Another stuff. So anyways, continue. No, um, I was going to ask about your influences because there's a few of them which I think you wear on your sleeve. I mean, the the the, the Kevin Smith uh, com comparisons I think are quite easy to spot with oh, yeah, yeah. with the sort of a, um, Star Wars placement, the sort of more. Um, I don't know if vulgar is the right word, but there's times where the the dialogue gets um, relatable to a very young crowd with with that sort of language, and then the kind of obscene humor in the Pete's delivery. I think it's to Frank's house, yeah. The, the delivery that goes wrong. Um, I, I mean, the there's other bits I thought I saw touches of, like I thought I saw bits of Empire Records or Dazed and Confused, mm -hmm. a little Goodwill Hunting in the car. Is there anything yeah, else yeah. that's is, is yeah, there yeah. is there anything else that sort of jumps jumps out there, or that you would sort of say I, I sort of wore this as as a as, as an influence going in? Not that you're trying to necessarily replicate in mm -hmm. content, but in tone, perhaps. Yeah, no, I mean, you named a lot of the references I had, and you know, <laughs> Clerks is the obvious go to just because it was made cheap and you can do it. Yeah. And Clerks, what I really to an example and why i think northwood pie works decently well is because we played to the budget and i think like i love yeah. kevin smith um but clerks you know if clerks was shot in 2018 and it was 4k and it was like that yeah. it would you would feel it differently yeah. you know with, with the, the amateurness of the acting and and that's the filmmaking almost plays to an advantage when he because he shot it black and white and he knew how to use the editing right and it actually creates this this, this feeling and this tone that makes it feel more real and relatable and clerks really works because of that. And I feel like a lot of people try to make something, Oh, I only have 12 grand, but it has to look like a hundred thousand dollars. Or a lot of people take a million dollars and try to make it look like $10 million. But then you start getting into that B movie territory where no matter what you do, if you don't have enough money to do something, you shouldn't do it. Yeah. So I really tried to make it grounded and natural, not be too flashy. You know, in my head, you know, every shot's a Spielberg shot. It's like four linking shots together and there's a dolly. <laughs> You know, to make it, I feel like if you got tight in their face, you would, you would feel, it would feel unnatural. So like when they're in the car, for example, that whole scene shot behind them. And I think if you were tight on their face in the car, it would feel cheesy and you would feel like, oh, these aren't professional actors and these aren't that. But when you stay far behind them and you keep them shadowed and you keep them behind, it feels more natural. It gave them, it was more comfortable to them. It allowed me to do other takes and cut over. So 
and the, and the other Kevin Smith thing, it's funny, the vulgarness of it is the one thing that now, you know, I wrote it at 21, 22 <laughs> and then it's come out and it took like four or five years to come out. It's been a few years. I, you know, yeah. I watch those are the moments I'm like, eh, I wouldn't say that or write that again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's, that's how I felt at 21 and that's how I felt at 19. So, you know, it's a product of its time, if you will, in that regard. Yeah. Um, but then the, the Richard Linkletter type of, and uh, type of things and other films like that. It was the long conversations was yeah. I was really into the before films and really into, um, you know, Goodwill Hunting and that fact that, you know, I like cinema on both ends. Like my favorite type of movies are like behind me or some blockbuster films, you know, films that transport you to another place. You know, when you're a kid, the only way you can fight a mummy is to go watch the mummy and take a sword. Like, you know, you can't be a pirate anywhere else, but pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean. You can't go to the space and have a lightsaber battle in real life. But I also love the most stripped down, simplest films. Like there's nothing better than just dialogue and two characters talking and having full circle storytelling. Like it's like the best, it's like seeing the uh, the art form at both ends. Um, So I just thought really have to influence by that. And it makes people like listen more, lean in more. And I think it's again, like making a decision more than just being cutty cutty all the way. Um, Because a lot of people would just kind of cut back and forth or, you know, not have a long shot through the pizza place, which even wasn't necessarily pulled off right, but it's more like, at least he's making a choice. And I thought if you make a choice, people are at least interested to see the next choice you make versus just doing the typical thing. Yeah. Yeah. If, if I can jump in with that, that shot in the back of the car after the party, mm-hmm. uh, I hadn't thought about what happens if you put it in front. It's, it's interesting. So there's never, there's never a shot that's done where, where I did kind of go, why don't you put it in front? Yeah, yeah. But, but this one, there's a sense of intimacy when you put the camera in the back seat where you did, like I'm listening in on this really private moment. Whereas mm-hmm. you put it in the front, then as you said, it feels like a Hollywood movie. Yeah. Hollywood, it feels like, it just feels like every other movie I've seen. Yeah. And it, it, something in that intimacy, like I'm listening in on that backseat moment. So it's, like it's you're actually, a passenger as well. yeah, I'm a silent passenger. I'm there. I'm not supposed to be there. I'm getting to hear this moment, especially from Anthony, a character who's been kind of a bit of a caricature up until this point, but actually has some of the, 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 the greatest wisdom in, in, in the film <laughs> where he basically says, you know, take your shot. You can't yeah. do nothing and expect something to fall in your lap, which is funny how this you sort of you talked did. about your decision to, yeah. to make the film. You've kind of followed the advice. Here and got him done exactly that. But I think, as far as individual scenes, I think that one's my 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 absolute favorite in in, in the film. And uh, I think the camera placement's a huge part of that. Yeah. Thank you. You know, it's funny. That's one of the few scenes that we reshot. Okay. Um, We shot that three weeks after principal because we shot it before, and I had chosen a worse path. It was just dark the whole time, and it kind of came to me like if I started a gas station, you see the framing of everything. If we drive into darkness, it's okay because you already know the, the spatial awareness. So we kind of, and I chose a different path and we also rewrote it because I really wanted to make sure. And we talked to, I had uh, Annika um, t- who plays uh, Sierra. We, we called her and we got her advice and I really wanted what she thought we should talk about because, you know, writing it at our point of view, I didn't want it. I didn't want to come off like it's her fault in any way. Cause it's not, no, and it didn't not. come off that way, but I want to make it clear. Cause she's just living her life. Christmas is just like reading the situation. Like anybody else, he's just a guy and he doesn't, he doesn't know if we're friends or not. And he has no reason to be upset. But I think, you know, when you're at that post high school phase, that things hit you more than if you were an adult. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I think that, that scene, I wanted to make it clear that what Anthony really like is saying like, no, it's, it's you. Like there's absolutely no blame. Like it's all your decision. And this is about you. Um, so that was the one scene we reshot as well as um, we reshot the, the first date as well when they're walking uh, through the park just because we shot that earlier on and it was like one of the last day, like the last day of shooting and the park is like right next to the pizza place. And I was just like, you know what? 
we're, we're so much more together now. We've done this for a few more weekends. You guys know each other better. Like we have a couple hours, like you guys just want to go down there and shoot it. Cause the whole film was just like a camera guy, a sound guy and me pretty much. So mm-hmm. you know, it was just like, let's take it. And I think the chemistry is definitely better on the second time. So both those scenes we reshot, but I think they're both a lot better for it. Cool. Uh, yeah. Um, Ellie, you got something? Yeah. Was that scene always the one in the park? Was that always shot from behind? Yeah, it was always shot from behind. That was, for some reason, that was like, I watched Bullet and I was like, we got to have a conversation like the car chase. But like, I was just obsessed with the framing of seeing <laughs> through the front window in Bullet, like for most of the car chase and how that applied to this movie. I don't know. But going back to the influence thing, you know, I, the way, way back, sorry, is another mo- movie I want to influence because everyone always mentions Clerks and Swingers and like uh, Kevin Smith and Richard Linklater type films. But the way, way back, you've seen that film about the in the East coast with Sam Rockwell. He's like the kid gets at the water park with his family. Oh, I haven't seen that one. No, uh, I like Sam Rockwell. Yeah. Well, I used the, the, the temp score for that. I used like, I pulled their score for temp and I helped me a lot. And then I, there's a story beat where he has to like do something on the water slide. No one's ever done. That's how he completes his arc. And I kind of stole that and made that the pinball machine. Um, but then the beginning it's pacing. I'm always influenced by like all types of films. Like, even my favorite movies growing up as a little kid, when I was like six years old, if you ask me my favorite movies, not necessarily now, it was like Jurassic Park, Mummy, and Fast and Furious, probably. <laughs> like, I'm old. I was born in 93. So like in 2001. Oh. When I, hey! I to be a, <laughs> yeah. So when I to be a filmmaker, you had that universal disc that was like, the do, 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 do. And it had all the clips of the movies. And it was like yeah, always yeah. those three films. But all three of those films had like a rhythm to it in the beginning. Like, the, like by 12 minutes, you've had like five locations, you know, like yeah. you've been here, you've been there, you've met this character. So I was always just like in that mindset. I just want the movie to move at a certain pace um, like that. So. I have a very important question. Okay. Yeah. You just said you were born in 93, Jay. Yeah. Do you consider yourself to be a child of the 90s or the 2000s? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think we're def- like definitely the borderline because I feel like I... F- I-, I- have nostalgia toward 90s aesthetic a lot more than early 2000s aesthetic like i love like there's just something about that that makes me feel right and even the music and stuff but my and movies though lean over like maybe my favorite period of blockbuster movies is like early 2000s as a kid because i think being 10 years old but being 10 years old and having like harry potter spider-man x-men you know pirates of the caribbean mom always things for the first time when i was like 10 to 12 or like 9 12 just a lot and a lot of them still like that perfect i thought a combination right before everything committed to visual effects it was like right when it was practical if it needed to be and it was visual effects if it had to be mm. and now the quality of film was always debatable but there was that time period i was kind of like stuck to so that's so the movies so i, I guess the border but i guess i would say late 90s kid is what i apply to but i would go 90s for sure thank you very much there we go. <laughs> <laughs> um you talked about the the chemistry between um Todd and I'm um, sorry yeah. the, the girl who played Sierra Annika Annika thank Annika. you um, and, and we, we, we all agree we thought the chemistry between them was, was was really quite nice and seemed like it developed throughout the film even though it wasn't necessarily the order in which it was shot yeah uh, it, it has a nice sort of build to it I was absolutely floored with the chemistry between Todd and is it Paul Laskoffs who plays Lloyd mm-hmm. yeah. yeah this guy I mean blew my uh, he's fantastic in this film he blew no, me he, away he hasn't even like been anything else since like he's just kind oh. of like a normal guy. I'm like, he's one of those people. I'm like, he could be in anything. And I'm like, every move I ever make, I'm going to like find a role for him. Cause I really thought he brought a lot of heart to it. He did. And that part of the story is actually a true story. Um, oh, wow. Oh, really? Pizza place there. It's like the manager who runs it now his friend. 
So it was a little bit of, that's why I think it has a little bit more weight to it too, is I think Paul knew it was real. And I think he took extra pride that, you know, it was a true thing and that he had to like represent it properly. Because he, 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 at the start of the film, I, I felt he was almost a little bit like your sidekick character in a Judd Apatow film, right? He's kind of the, the quirky, zany guy who says the crazy thing. Uh, very Paul Rudd almost like in or that. Like Jack Black. Jack Black, yeah. Uh, maybe not, I don't know about that. No, but, not as zany, but, but like, but like, like that, that sort yeah. of, the sort of Paul Ruddy thing where he's sort of on, on the edge of, of not quite goofy, but playful. And then at the end, though, with this, when you find out this is all a masking sort of behavior for some real deep-rooted pain and it wasn't done in a melodramatic way it's just in this 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 quiet revelation which comes in in pieces where it's the only job he'll ever do and you find out later why it's the only job he'll ever do and i just thought and even the fact that he's the 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 first character that we see introduce us to the to the pizzeria yeah uh i don't know what it was something about i I just i just connected with that actor with that character uh instantly and thought he was fantastic so yeah he stole his I will scenes 100 let paul know that please do yeah. please do um, so he could he could definitely be a professional actor if he wanted to be because yeah. that was an amazing performance yeah i think great stuff show. there yeah um so we've talked about the kevin smith thing and part of the kevin smith uh mystique if you will is the idea that he went out and maxed out every credit card he had to get his sure. six grand to make it uh, I, i'm assuming you guys mainly self-funded the film yourself whereas was is, is there any other ways is there any sort of um funds or trusts or things that you could sort of tap into accessing or is this just let's all do it ourselves um pretty much let's all do it ourselves with kickstarter um but kickstarter was more used as a place to have everyone to donate. So they're not just handing you money. Cause you know, me and Todd reached out to every family member possible. Um, I also didn't, my dad gave a decent amount cause I didn't go to a four year college and my mom. So like my family chipped in and gave like, you know, four or $5,000. So that was like the start base. That's like, okay, we're close enough that now we can get from everybody else. I got my boss to give some money. Todd got his family to give some money. I like everyone I've ever worked with their friends, hundred bucks here, 50 bucks here. Um, and then we ended up getting it to about, um, $12,000. And then it got taken out, you know, they you get about 10, 10 and a half. And then I put another like 1500 in and then that's to make it 1200. But by the time now it's been out, it's probably closer to like 18 or 19 with like film festivals and prints and, you know, yeah. all that other stuff. And over the course of like five years though. So it's still pretty, you know, you can go out and make a movie yourself, which is, I always tell people, it was kind of like, while like people listen to this podcast, it's like, you know, you can go do it. And that's what I think is nice about this movie. I think when you watch it more than a bigger film, I think people watching go, Oh, I could do this. I feel like people are going to watch it. And like, even if they don't like the movie or whatever, there's going to be like a feeling that's more like, okay, it is doable. It is possible. Um, you know, and most of the money we just went to, you know, it's like just food and just getting sound and equipment and stuff. But if you have the right camera and stuff these days which i mean even now six years later i mean cameras are that much better that much cheaper yeah Mm -hmm. because the key thing also in the movie is like making it feel as fresh possible so every time they're not in the pizza place and they're outside it's a new location outside and that was like to try to make the film feel bigger than you think but all those locations are free you know we just drive to a lake and i just started shooting we just drove to the parking lot we just drove to the top of the hill you know so (laughs) i feel like you know keeping your movie moving and making i mean location 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 is everything we got the pizza place the production design the pizza place is great because it's a working pizza place so i definitely think anyone can go out and do it uh you mentioned the the lake or the river um uh, maybe it's just me 
<laughs> that opening shot where um Jason no, I hear it. Yeah. where Jason and um Crispin are by the river and Crispin is leaning backwards and and the river's on the left. Is mm-hmm. that a reference to the painting from um Ferris Bueller's Bueller. Day Off? Okay, it is not a, a reference to that at all. Oh wow. But, I, I, but but Todd pointed that out to me. Like after we were doing, when I joined the first cut, he was like, dude, that's just like the Furious Brothers thing. And I was like, what? And he showed yeah. me and I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. So I probably just should have took credit for it. And next, harder, time, next time the answer is yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I watched it the first time and then I gave it a second watch and it just hit me over the head like a mallet going, this is brilliant. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's I take a, it back. No, I completely thought yeah. about it. <laughs> then that I was brilliant, Jay. What a choice. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Let's talk about maybe, I mean, independent filmmaker. I mean, the, the distribution methods available to you. I mean, I, I, I guess you can attempt, is there a temptation to upload it to YouTube or was there, let's see what we can do with this outside of that first and foremost? I mean, what was your plan of attack? Was it to go after film festivals? Was it to try and find an online distributor? Well, I mean, first off, the movie was just a practice film. You know, I wanted to, like, I hadn't directed something. I wanted to direct a feature, like I said. So, it, and it came out, fairly like better than i thought in a way like like some scenes are like you know it's never as good as you dream in your head because you see everything perfect and like reality sinks in like the first day you're like oh it's one shot from the car all the way through the end of the pizza place and then you get there and it's like yeah but like when you go through the door to inside like the exposure just switches and there's not a crew and there's no way to fix that and i'm like okay well i guess it's two shots and you know it's like you work with that stuff so practicing the whole way then when it came out, some scenes were better. I thought, and it, I thought the movie actually worked and was getting a better response from like friends and family. So I said, okay, maybe I should move. I was originally going to do the YouTube thing. And then I thought maybe I should submit to film festivals. Maybe I should go that route. And I submitted to like a gazillion film festivals, got rejected from like every single one, <laughs> which okay. is like what, you, what they say, but it happens. And then I got in eventually to the Pasadena film festival, which isn't even that big a film festival, but it's decent size. This is in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And it's funny how luck and fate works out. We played at the Pasadena Film Festival. And because we played there, the guy who ran the film festival liked it a lot. And we were nominated for top three movies at the festival. Oh, and that's the good. We nominated against were like, you know, one, it was like a million dollar movie. And the other movie was like another half million dollar movie. But the guy had like an Emmy. So it was like, they were like real films. So it was nice that we got nominated to it. And because of that, this, the way the internet works, I had like three random sales distributors hit me up. Wow. And I kind of talked to all of them, discussed with them, sent them the film. And then I picked one of them and then we started talking to all distributors. And I did look in a lot beforehand on self-distributing. But what I found was that, you know, they're going to end up the same places anywhere. It's like, like, you know, it's all going to end up on Amazon Prime or Tubi or whatever. Like they're all just, it's just only the same five, six places you can go with theoretically. Yeah. So and I looked at the percentage and you actually get more if you get a distributor. Okay. You know, if you Amazon Prime right now and you're just an independent person, um, and you put your movie up there first, you're only going to get your own territory. So if you're in the United States, you're only going to get North America. You can't get worldwide um, unless you like somehow do phen- phenomenally, but you only make one to six cents per oh, okay. hour. Wow. wow. But if you have a distributor, you actually make six to 15 cents per okay. hour watched. Oh, okay. and so, and, and it was, so that was really kind of the big thing. When I heard that I went for it and I just wanted the film to look, legit that was my big thing because i don't have an agent i don't have a manager i finished writing a few more scripts we're excited you know i'm struggling to pay my rent this month <laughs> i'm just a normal i'm just a normal person i'm to, you know tomorrow i'm paing a regular commercial so it's like i'm still trying to do the hustle um so i was like i just needed to look as good as possible so i wanted to get this to shoot and i and i 
went through all the channels that make it like, I got to get the Rotten Tomatoes, you know, I got it. So I really, when I interviewed all distributors, like my, I didn't care about the percent I was getting money back. I didn't care about where it's playing. I really just cared about the perception that if I Googled the movie, it looked like a real movie, <laughs> which is maybe like, a, that's just a being an honest thing, you know, like that's how I felt when I was in, but the film to my surprise got good Rotten Tomatoes views. People really like it. And I mean, I, I think the film is, is solid. I think it's a solid, um, I think it's exactly what it tri- like strives to be. I think it's like a fun little, B minus, like you know, I, who, who judges their own movie and says a B minus? But I, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's a solid three out of five stars. You know, light thumbs up, like good for you, you made a movie. But it's one of those things that, like, I know how much like it could have been so bad. Like people don't understand, like you know, a short film. Every short film at USC that every year, uh, the graduating class, they cost twenty to fifty grand for wow. ten minutes. Like I've worked on three when I, when I first graduated high school. I worked on three. Um, senior thesis as a PA just to get practice. And one of them costs $47,000. Another wow. costs 35, another costs 22. And you realize like how much money spent. So, I mean, $12,000 equivalent to like a lot of a YouTube thing. So it's more like showing people that I can do it and it's working out. You know, I've raised a bit more money for the next feature that I'm shooting next year. And I shot another short film and Fantastic. it looks like I have some things lined up. So if you're raising more money, so I'm you know excited to keep going. And if people are looking to distribute their own film, I think that there is a number of, like uh, distributors out there, if you really research, like Indie Rights is who distributes my film, but Gravitas and a lot of other people that you can blind send. You can just send them their movie, your movie. And the problem is like other things, they probably won't get back to you or they'll take months. So if you do get a sales agent, even though it can cost a little upfront free, mine was like, I paid like $3,000. Yeah. But in, in doing so, I was able to like, they sent it out to like a bunch of distribution companies and I had meetings, you know, digital meetings with uh, seven, eight different companies. And I was able to discuss everything. And even though I have to give them 10% after, after $30,000, which is going to take like 10 years to make that, <laughs> it's, it was definitely worth it because they got right back to you. They I mean, they watched the film. When they reached out to is a week later, I'm getting a response from every single distributor. Okay, you know, unlike good. I did a couple before earlier on, before I sent it to the sale agent, before I even submitted the film festival to like two or three, and I just never heard back from them. Mm-hmm. So I definitely think if you can get a sales agent and you can muster up a couple grand i I think it's worth it personally uh, for your film cool no it's really interesting so all the different like little bits of story that happened at the the pizzeria and the different like backstories how did you come up with them are they all real stories or are they little different bits and pieces um most of the stories are are real encounters that like something like todd has incurred because he used to work there and is a pizza delivery person. And then funny anecdote about the movie is my little sister plays Todd's little sister in the movie. Okay. Nice. Um, and now she works at the pizza place and has Sierra's job. She's in the front. Oh. <laughs> uh, so it's a nice little full circle family thing there. That's um, funny. But so no, cute. the stories, we, we kind of talked to everybody in the pizza place. I kind of like just went there a few times, learned how to make a pizza. The people in the back were so cool with us planning when to shoot. So we kind of wrote down a list of notes of some stories and things, but it's funny. The movie itself was pretty much written like, like structured at least in like 10 minutes because we talked about it for so long. And one day we just sat there and said, okay, what's the movie? And I just sat down next to Todd. I said, all right, what's the movie? Like, you got to introduce the pizza place, cool boogie night shot, check, right? Introduce the main <laughs> character. He gets the job. After you get the job, what happens? You tell your mom, after you tell your mom, you meet your friend. After you meet your friend, you meet your other friends. Then you go home. Well, then you have your first day on the job. So I just kind of like wrote out just the straight like that. And that's about like 90% of what the film become. And then we took every single scene and then we kind of drew a branch from it, like a Loki time branch. I've been listening to it, <laughs> by the way. Um, and we've been just kind of wrote down a list of ideas. Like I picked basically a piece of paper and I would write down 
what they should talk about, different things, sample dialogue, like not full conversations, but just like back and forth and little things I've said. And I wrote down like, I tried to think of like every encounter I had with the girl and every customer I dealt with that juiced it up. And I just wrote down situations. Um, and, you know, it came to be in the movie. And the other thing about the movie, which it's not that it's, it's good, but it's why I like, uh, it's kind of, you wish you had a little bit more help, I guess to say, is, you know, like all the side characters in the movie. I had other people playing, but like you just had to do it. Like I'm in the movie. Another yeah. actor was supposed to be in it. They didn't show up. So I just had to step in. The, oh, Walter, nice. the guy who comes in and asks for the pizza slice. Like, again, the actor didn't show up and I just had to like call a buddy. I knew Walter would show up. So there was a lot of like the hustle and bustle in making it. But so it's about just getting it out there was really, you know, kind of the thing. But the pizza place, it's just, it, I can't thank them enough for everything and all of the stories and, you know, all the little tidbits that they added because it really adds the detail, makes it feel lived in and real. I think the one that we're all questioning, the, the delivery <laughs> that goes wrong, is that a real story? Or is it based <laughs> in truth? Yeah. It's based slightly in truth. Um, <laughs> you know, that's one of those things too. I wish like in my mind, you know, this, it was the production design was great and there was pizza boxes everywhere and it was dirty and I was going to shoot under the glass and the bottles and it was going to be, but in reality, like we couldn't shoot the location anymore and we already had everything going. And I just had to like, we're shooting at Todd's dad's house and he was like, Oh, it's going to look fine. And like, I walked in, I was like, this looks terrible. There's windows on three sides, but we had to shoot. So we shoot it. Um, but so the script kind of changed a little bit when we, when we find the location, but he had actually gone to multiple places. I didn't believe it. I was like, there's no way you actually go in people's houses. Like no one's going to buy that. But it's a movie, so you shouldn't. Todd's like, I have been in like 12 people's houses. And I was like, there's no way. And he was telling me all these different stories about like, you'd be surprised people are in the shower and like, they don't, you know, you're not going to wait and they don't want to leave the pizza on the thing. And, you know, and especially in Irvine, I guess, maybe some areas, some upper class people maybe want you to like go past their gate. I said a lot of gate passing and like where you had to hop the gate or go around or one person asked him to hop the fence because he couldn't unlock the gate. Like just stuff like that. <laughs> Nothing like sexual, but he's had a lot of dupes. People come out in towels a lot or people just, you know, come back to the pool. He's come out, people have been fighting in other rooms and stuff. So, um, and that was more just like, we needed a delivery. I was like, we can't have a movie where there's not a delivery scene, you know? And it's just, I also, my friend Amir, Amir is one of my best friends, uh, the actor who plays Frank. And I just, I needed to have a role for him. And I was like, you just gotta be in there. He was very good. He was. He was very very good. Yeah. I'd like yeah. to think there's like a Judd Apatow comedy out there. He's, like, he's very Jason Manzukis, if anybody knows what I'm referring to there. No? Anyway. Um, <laughs> he's a real working actor. He's getting close. He's been, like, he? Yeah. He, he's been in a few films, like small, like featured extra roles. And he was like, he's been, he's come like second and third place for a few movies and a few TV shows. So he's, I think in a couple of years, you might see him on something. Bless him. Oh, cool. Good on him. Good on him. Uh, from, from your perspective, having made the film, is there a scene that for whatever reason you go, you don't want to say favorite, but why not? <laughs> Is yeah. there a scene that you look back and you go, sure. for whatever reason, whether it's per- something you overcame production-wise or just the way the end product turns out, you go, that, 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 that scene's kind of the one I think of. I definitely think of the, the second date when they're on the hill and it's the one shot. Mm-hmm. That's a lovely scene. Overlooking. Yeah. Um, just because it's just the pure simplicity of like cinema it's just two characters talking, and I think Annika's really engaging. I don't think you want to look away from her, and it makes me, like, lean in. Like and it's the simplicity of, like, that's just a cul-de-sac, you know, yeah. in Irvine. And we drove up, and it's only lit by my car. I turn my car on. That's my car light. We have a, just a regular poster board, like, reflecting light back on their face. And they sit there, and they have that conversation. And they're actually – the take we use, they actually are smoking. Uh, <laughs> 
we did a couple takes without but like annika and I, I mentioned it before if you guys want to like i have it like we can do it for real like i don't care it's an indie movie like you know you guys want to do a take, do a take. this is where the kickstarter money went yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so you know that take they actually packed it up and they did it and they talked and we filmed the whole thing and i actually got close-ups of each of them and this is where maybe this is bad directing but i'm just going to be honest here i got the footage and when i watched it all i laid down the movie the rough cut i saw that wide shot and that was the best take i put it down and i didn't even watch either of their close-ups because i didn't want to change my mind i didn't want to fall in love and i wanted to be a cool interesting filmmaker because it's like that doing that in one shot four minutes i thought was just more of a statement no matter how many cuts no matter how good the performance is doing it in one shot and like, but being simple, not flashy, not moving around, just having two characters sit there for four minutes and talk is something you never see in a movie, really. Yeah. So, and I think it's maybe the most engaging scene or one of the most engaging scenes. So that's definitely the scene I'm most proud of. Okay. Making a film must be stressful. Uh, so did you have a lot of fun on the set when you were doing this? Um, you know, I had a lot of fun, but it was definitely stressful. It's like, I feel like I didn't even direct the movie almost. You just AD'd your own movie. There was like no director because <laughs> you just have to, your job is just to get everyone in, bl- in place because, you know, we're shooting the ending scene, for example, like in the pinball machine, which already was a disaster because we're supposed to shoot another day. And then like two of the actors like called and they couldn't show up. So I had to like, okay, now we got to shoot something else and everything that was planned. Now we got next week have to shoot this ending. And, you know, everyone's there, but everyone from all the movies there. And yeah get everyone in the room and all of a sudden you're like oh where's sean and and anthony and all these other people oh they're out front smoking a cigarette so you go outside you get down <laughs> hey guys all right you guys ready we're gonna go inside we're ready to do it all right finish out you're trying to be nice everyone's doing it for free or just pizza or money and every, no one believes in the project like that's the thing now it's nice like now everyone wants to work on the next project and i have a lot of people that are like oh you're talented let's do something but back then yeah everyone was like dude i'm not gonna help you with your little project so <laughs> It was like so you once and then by the time they finally come in the front door you go back oh everyone who was already there is now in the back and then i walk back <laughs> okay oh he's eating a pizza oh he's on the phone with his mom in the parking lot and i'm like Ugh. then i get everybody inside and then oh there he is in the front again the other guy it's like oh, okay we gotta go over here and now i'm gonna try to give a note and then you know and then oh he's on his phone it was so it was just funny keeping everybody in line but um it was tiring in the sense that you know when you're so locked in, especially when you're the only person like passionate about it, you know, like not yeah. that everyone worked really hard and like the actors really passionate about it, but when you're the only person that sees it for what it is and, you know, is going to put that extra, you know, thousands and thousands of hours of effort, um, it, you know, you wake up in the morning and it's just, I'm just planning and going over and we had never rehearsed. There's not a single scene in this movie that's ever rehearsed no. because we could never, we could never pay anybody or get everyone to meet up. Yeah. So like I go through the scenes, I'd reread the script, I cross out lines. We'd meet up in the morning and I'm working for two hours straight about that. And I'm trying to buy the props driving in the morning that I didn't get before and bringing the toilet paper and setting up the food later. And then we'd get there and shoot. And then, you know, when everyone eats lunch, you, you're just not hungry. You know, you're just, you ever been so in, in, invested in something you just can't eat. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, yeah. Eat up, and it's like, everyone's eating free pizza. That's a good thing. Thank you, North of Pizza. We had a lot of free pizza. On <laughs> um, but it's like you take two bites and you're like, okay, I can't do this. I have to work. I have to plan. We're going to shoot in 45 minutes. I don't know what I'm doing or what I'm going to tell them. So you got to like go work on that and move everything around. And then when you're done shooting, you're on this natural high. So then it's like, then you talk about it for two hours and you discuss it. Me and Todd are sitting there and I'm planning next day. And what should we do wrong? And then I get home and I'm like, Oh, I got the footage. I should just go to bed. And it's like, no, I'm going to look at it. And then now I'm looking at every single shot. And then I'm like, Oh, I should just cut this scene together. And next thing you know, I'm like, Oh, I got to go to bed and wake up and shoot the next the next day so it was really tiring and like a lot of work and all not consuming. only that just all consuming the editing yeah. i mean 
I did mo- like, you know, 80% of editing on this movie and it's like the sound mixing and sound design, like every dog bark, every, every, you know, background noise, a lot of ADR, it's just me on my 13 inch laptop, just like four in the morning, just like up late at night, just trying to mix it and trying to get it done. So it was, uh, but it was worth it. And now that I'm done, it's one of those things that I'm like, wow, how'd I do that? But I'm going to do it again. I think all directors feel that way because, you know, it's, it's such a, a, such a sprint directing, even though it's like a marathon, like, you know, you're Peter Jackson. Yeah. You're going to go shoot 300 days in a row for the Hobbit, but then you're not shooting a movie for a few years. Yeah. And then like, yeah, you're going to go shoot another 120 days. It's like, you got to prepare yourself for this NBA season of length of like <laughs> of work every day and effort. When in between that, you're just like, you know, Peter Jackson sitting in his pool on his lazy river, taking phone calls. <laughs> yeah. Working hard, I know. But you know what I mean. <laughs> He's also got a whole crew of and team of people he can delegate to and help spread the uh, yeah and the important they'll feed back to him a little corporate meeting. Uh, one question because I think there's one thing that uh, as a viewer I kind of went huh and I, I couldn't quite piece together what, what kind of it's it's about Jason's story with Rachel yeah okay Rachel um kind of offers him a ride home kind of what we believe is him her offering him to to re, to re, let me not bring into the, the 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 romance but at least you know go home with him it seems yeah and she's and quite he, insistent he turns her down but then seems like he's kind of back motivated to win her back is there something i'm missing there i'm like i didn't quite get the, the 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 motivation for the decision he made yeah it's more just like me personally i had a crush on this girl for like two and a half years and it was always like like wanting it to be. And then there was an opportunity very similar to Jason where it was like very affront. She came to see me and it was like, you know, here you go. And I was like, nah, I tried to be, (laughs) and then I tried to be too cool about it. And I was like, no, I can't just be that guy. All of a sudden this is going to happen. I'm just going to be like, Oh, hello. Like, no, I'm cooler than that. Like that. And then like right after I was like, that was a terrible decision. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, so, so, so he just bottled it or chickened out or yeah. Okay. He, he didn't yeah take the like show. Right after, if you watch it, like he kind of makes his face, like he doesn't know what he does, but I guess I had a few friends at the time who did similar things. I feel like when we were 19, that's where like, they're supposed to be like 19, 20. Okay. Again, when, now when I watch that, it's like, you know, it's okay. it doesn't quite hit, but it's also, that's one of the things that's like lesser done. Like it's probably the worst captured things in the film. Like, her kissing the guy and stuff like the framing and the lighting. It's like, it's one of the most amateur looking stuff. So I think that also has less impact because of it's maybe less craft and the way it's handled. Okay. I, I will say to balance that out though, I thought the stuff you did and the way you set up these key moments between, um, Sierra and Crispin, whether it was, uh, Jason at the start talking about the importance of the hands touching. And of course, Crispin sort of shuns that away, but then when it happens to him and you give us a close up of their hands touching and before even the characters, I'm going, Oh, I saw that. You see that? Oh, I just like before. (laughs) And when he's all like, this means something, I'm like, it does mean something completely in, in, you know, contrary to what he's been professing to everybody else. But then again, when they come down the stairs, there's that close up on, on, sierra and and the boy and their hands are separate it was just some lovely placed sort of callbacks to these little motifs that went throughout which uh, thematically and emotionally just resonated with me Mm -hmm. thank you that means a lot those are the things that we work on like i think you know, I just rewatched Back to the Future. I'm wearing a Back to the Future shirt, even though I have the terrible. The director has the worst lighting here, of course. <laughs> <laughs> the top light was too harsh, so I had to try to readjust. But um, it's just, it, um, it's one of those things, you know, a, a perfect story. Not, not that there's a, an example for it, but I have that feeling that everything set up should be paid off. And the best scripts and best movies 
there's not a wasted frame or wasted thing. And not that North of Pipe pulls it off, but that's one of those moments that I was really excited about that I felt like a true movie thing. Like we properly casually set something up in passing and it pays off like yeah. correctly. And same thing with the, um, the pinball machine, which is like, you know, it's happening, but we know that, but I like that. Like, okay, we yeah, set it up yeah. early. Enough, I think that like, you kind of forget about it enough that when it happens, you're like, Oh yeah, he's got to do the pinball he's thing. The pinball thing. Yeah. yeah. When it happens, you know, that's going to be the ending of the movie. And obviously we know that, but it's nice that you kind of forget about it. It's not one of those things where it's like mentioned. And then there's one scene and then the next scene he does it, you know, it's an act or two later. No, I agree with that. We, we said that when it happened, we did go, we all kind of thought, oh, this is the end of the movie. Yeah. This yeah, will happen. Yeah, yeah. But at the end, we, we said predictable isn't necessarily bad because when he came back to it, we were emotionally ready for this mm-hmm. sort of this high we were going to be led to. And then, of course, we mirror the the opening shot where we come in with just a, a follow shot of him as he walks out, door open and shut. And we have to say goodbye to him because we stay with the pizza place. It was just that closing sequence is it, it's just really, really well done, Jay. Like, well, it, like, it is. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad. That's like one of the things I was most nervous about. And one of those moments you were like, oh, if I had just a little bit more money, you know, it could be a little bit. That's, but that's, you, you feel that way as a filmmaker, I think, no matter what. I think you gave me $100 million, $200 million and gave me Avengers. I would be like, oh, if Disney only gave me $50 more million, <laughs> I could have looked, then the background would have looked better on, on that planet. You know, it's like, yeah. but so it's a complaint everyone's going to have. But I really am glad it worked for you guys because that was the, the big thing in the movie was, it has to be realistic and naturalistic, but I wanted to have these cinematic sprinkles. And I think that the best movies are cinematic. And even Mike, I'm obsessed with before. You've seen the before movies, right? And you know, before midnight. Yeah, I've seen, I love those. I've movies. seen before. I've seen the first one only, but I have seen it and loved it. I I'll bought the other two. They're sitting before sunset. Is sitting right there, yeah. my, and I have yet to watch it, but it is there. <laughs> so I'm going to do a light spoiler for before midnight, but it was what kind of inspired me the thing. But before midnight, what Richard Linklater does, he's so smart with the camera that. There's no extraneous camera moves. There's no dollies or pans. Like you move, but you're only moving because characters are walking. So you're walking sideways with them or you're walking okay. in front of them or behind them. There's no just cinematic shot. There's no establishing. There's no linking. There's nothing, nothing like that. And then at the end of the film, they've kind of, it makes it seem like they're probably going to get divorced or broken up or, you know, they've, they're going to separate. And there was a scene earlier where they talk about maybe being like it was when it first was. And at the very end of the movie, Ethan Hawke like joins Julie Deploy and she, he sits by her and he, starts talking to her like he's never met her and right when that happens the camera for the first time cinematically like dollies away and has this like cinematic hollywood music and it ends with that like only in the movies cherry on top (laughs) so it's like that's my favorite thing about cinema and no matter even if it's a realistic film it's like no it's saying the right thing at the right time it's having the perfect line it's saying you should say this but why doesn't the character just tell her that well because he doesn't tell her that there's not going to be two more acts exactly you know it's like yeah movies if everything was the real life going to exist so it's that it's that fun of being able to say the one-liner before you you know stomp on the bridge and jason statham falls which i don't know why yeah. i brought that reference up no, it's good. <laughs> yeah. but like i just, I just yeah, yeah. We, we we sort of characterize those things with that with our sort of uh, movies got a movie kind of justification i like that movies got a movie yeah. so that's my movies got a movie i'm gonna steal that i'm gonna use that <laughs> feel free feel free yeah. <laughs> so yeah the movie's got a movie at the end that's how i felt about it yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned you've got some things coming up, uh, especially you mentioned written some scripts and that you've got one thing specifically in development or that you're working on. Anything that you, you're able to share at this point? Yeah. Um, I want to share more. I want to share too much because it's like I don't have, you know, everything copyrighted or done fully yet. And it's like kind of a vague thing. But the basic thing is I'm trying to focus more on. 
I guess I'm into I'm doing horror. I want to do some horror. Okay. Oh, really? And I, I did a horror short film after Northwood Pie, the most recently I did. It's called Ding Your Dead. It's like a little killer microwave short film. Um, and then just because I want to do something the exact opposite of Northwood Pie, where like mm-hmm. you have to be nice and still. And I think horror is good practice for, you know, bigger budget filmmaking um, in the sense that like, you know, if you're telling a drama or telling stories, there's some things you can't do. You have to be reserved. And I think that action is just suspense. And I think it's very similar tropes where, you know, it's showing the character in situations, you know, will they or won't they, you know, is it behind there or isn't there, isn't there? It's, it's very primal. Um, and, but you can play with Dutch angles and you can play with moving around. You can be a lot more creative than you can in, in a drama. You know, you can't be overly stylistic. I mean, you can, but then it becomes something more than that almost in a way, if you're talking like a kind of a Sundancey indie type of film. Um, and it's also just more my sensibilities. I'm really wanting to make a horror movie. So as I said before, I'm into blockbuster cinema and I kind of like, like more like Mike Lee, Richard Linkletter, really like toned down type of stuff. So I kind of want to blend the James Wan, like studio horror vibe with a little bit of um, naturalistic conversations like in Northwood Pie, where there's going to be nice, long, flowy conversations where I want you to fall in with the dialogue and like, forget you're watching a horror movie because it's not a horror movie first. It's more like these characters and then oh, right when you've completely forgotten it's a horror movie and you're just in this relationship, oh, there's like a horror scene. So a little bit of an Amblin like sprinkle on top, you know, <laughs> movie's got a movie to it. Ah, um, nice. So I guess I'll say a little vague of the plot. The simplest thing is it's a girl on house arrest. Okay. And she's like with her aunt and her uh, cousin now. Um, but in the beginning, when I thought about that, because I'm like, how do you make a movie cheap? I had a couple other scripts. We wrote something else first, but I wanted to make something, again, that's doable that I can make myself, again, for a cheaper budget. Um, or you could use for more, but every one movie you watch on house arrest, someone always wants to, they're always like, they're, they, they feel like they need to break out of it. They're like, Oh, why am I on house arrest? I need to get out of it. And the opposite. I'm like, well, what if she feels like she deserves it to be on house arrest? And you know, she wants to be there and like, or you don't know, she doesn't want to be there, but she's doing the time. So you're on this mission where she just moved in with her aunt and you don't know what happened to her family. Her mom has passed away. You don't know what happened to her and why she has the ankle bracelet. So you're discovering this over the time in the house and there's a boy next door and it's about the family coming together. And on top of that, there is, you know, some form of supernatural horror going on um, in the house, which when it comes out, I would love to talk with you guys. I'd come on this. Anytime. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I will be here. So, um, be yeah, I would, special. I'll tell you when, yeah. before we, it's tough to say, you know, I haven't gotten to the point where I start telling people and it's like, I could, there's a minute version, there's a 10 minute version, there's a two hour version where I can talk about yeah. it. You never know how much to like express, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but definitely going to the horror vein. Also, I think indie wise, I think to break out, I think horror is, again, what people look for, for like other movies, because you have more of a different style. And if you can get maybe a, a, a more of an actor, a genre actor. Um, and I think it's, it's one of those things that people watch horror films. Like, like if Northwood Pie was a horror movie, it'd be watched 10 times more. Um, and that's like... Yeah, right, you're right. I've seen the data because people watch bad horror movies. No one wants to watch a, yeah. a, you know... For example, this is not going to explain it, but like Northwood Pie has been out for 11 months now and I have the data for like the first six months of release or something. Mm-hmm. And it's made like $1,300, $1,400. And there's a movie that came out the same day as mine that doesn't have a Rotten Tomatoes page, doesn't have any good reviews. And like, if you go on like... Not that it matters or anything, but if you go on like Letterboxd, like... Yep. It has like a two and North Pacific, like a three, four, some of you, but like that movie with again, no mark and no advertising. And I've seen it. It's like, you know, it's like kind of a handy cam movie. It's made about $20,000. Yeah. Wow. And it's like, and it's just speak. And it doesn't have, if you Google it, it doesn't have as many articles. The guys in any podcast, but like, 
it's just horror, you yeah. know, it just, just ways. Yeah. So, and that's not why I'm doing it, but I've always wanted to make a horror film. This is always the practice film, but I want to take this type of style in horror. Cause I feel like horror movies, as much as I love them, all the James Wan conjuring Blumhouse stuff, a lot of them, most of them are very, they're so wrought up in telling the horror of it. And it's like, you have to be on all the time and telling the plot, moving the plot forward that the yeah. characters never feel fully real. Like, you know, they're in movie, they're in movie mode. They're like, they've got to push the phone. They have to say these few lines. They don't just sit down and have a real conversation and you forget it's a horror film. They don't just talk for three minutes, like on a bed about a random subject. Yeah, so. and, 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 the, and the irony of that is, if you really want me to care about these characters potentially going away, mm-hmm. uh, you, you know, you have to give me the reason to care about them. So outside of that, all I'm getting is a cheap, a cheap thrill, but yeah. I'm not emotionally resonating with the characters. So when they do get killed off, it doesn't do anything besides... It doesn't have an impact. It's just what's it like compared to the other horror movies I've seen rather than these, these characters. And do I care what happens to these characters? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's a lot of awesome filmmaking. The filmmaking in horror movies keeps getting better and better, but... It does feel like, you know, because everything's sequels, it's just more how many set pieces can you pack into something? Just like an action movie, like, you know, how many monsters and how many scares can you do in X amount of time to make people jump? Um, when I think, you know, people are invested. You could probably take out a third of the scares and add a third of more character scenes and make those other scares more dramatic. And the movie had the same effect, I yeah. think, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Well, I'm just going to say, if you, if you when you're casting it, if you want to just like maybe reach back out to the podcast, because I'd love to be in a film. <laughs> Yeah, you know. Oh yeah. You, you, are, are you going to fly to the US for? Uh... I absolutely would. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Listen, honestly, what am I going to fly? Just pizza. Hundred percent. Pay me, yeah, pay pay me and pizza. That's fine. Work. Come on out. Come yeah, on out. There yeah. it is. Come on out. Come on out. You're invited. I need all the help you can get. You can hold the boom mic, right? You hey. Absolutely. There we go. Well up for that. <laughs> yeah. So uh, honestly, like. You should 100% email me or DM me. This movie, there's only like four roles, so like probably not. It's one of those like contained <laughs> things. But like every movie after, like you always need people. You always need actors. And like I'm 100% willing. And also because you guys are one of the first people I've talked to and like you guys like like the film and watch the film and I'm in that like phase or still struggling for rent. Like <laughs> if God forbid my life works out and I'm making a Marvel movie. Trust me, like everyone's getting invited. To oh, bless you. Everyone's, Thank you. everyone's getting multiple podcasts. I want everyone, everyone needs to be on my side. Like, root for me. Come on, we're all going to the Marvel set. Like, come on, Doctor Strange 7, right over yeah. here. <laughs> Spider Man 29, I'll do it. Okay. Like, what do you want? If you're making a Marvel movie, though, I do expect my flights to be paid for. <laughs> no, oh, no, of course. That would be good. I'll pay for all of it then. You know? well, Ke- Kevin Feige will pay for it. Don't do it yourself. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, oh, I had something. Now I've lost it. That's okay, though. Oh, it was no, just—it was just this. Is—is is, you keep saying we in regards to the writing process? Is Todd joining you on this, or is this something you're doing independently? Oh, yeah, I would say so. Northwood Pie was more of a fifty-fifty because it was our life. Um, but I would say this is more of a Todd writer. I'm a story person. Todd's more of a writer. We're like a perfect pairing because I basically I'm like a everything but dialogue type of guy. Usually, Northwood Pie, I wrote a lot of dialogue because it was my life too. But I'm more of like, I write the exact structure. I write the four things they need to talk about and move to. And then Todd will fill in the blanks. And then I'll correct Todd or write other lines. And then he'll, we just toss back and forth. And we like have no qualm. Like we've never been in an argument ever. We've written a few things together. Wow. Because if one of us doesn't like it, it's fine. And we both like know we need each other. Like I can't do what Todd does. And Todd like f- feel, and I think he probably could. But Todd feels <laughs> like he can't, he can't do what I do. Like he always like feels like he needs me to do these other things. So we're always working together and doing stuff. So, you know, I feel like every script we write from now on, I mean, as the director and the person who's editing, I feel like you're always a writer. Like I'm involved so 
but it's like to take credit for right that's not how it works like a director could take credit for every single position if you want yeah, like yeah. If, in a way you know not that he's doing it but it's not you're not the actor doing it i'm not the one lighting it you're not the one actually like physically todd's doing more physical writing it's more like i would write 15 pages and todd will turn that into 80 type of thing if that makes sense so you're um, like elton john and bernie tolpin <laughs> <laughs> maybe yeah so maybe a little bit like that kind of yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah. we help each other out fully he has ideas he writes a lot of things you know without me and then i tweak it up and then i write a lot of like things that i don't like finish but i write like the bones of it and i say todd you gotta you gotta do this you know finish it up so todd i'll say this, todd is the writer like writer first i'm not a writer i am a director but being a producer whatever editor but like being involved or an assistant actually is what i am but <laughs> but uh um you know, Todd is the writer, and I'm, Todd deserves the writing credit. And Todd will get full writing credit for the drawing. I'll take a story credit with him. Excellent. Oh, Probably nice. every movie we make, I'll take a story credit, but not a writing credit. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, before, I think we've reached the end of our sort of organic conversation. Is there yeah. anything you want to plug or talk? I, mean, I think we've kind of done, but, but if it's been something we're not missing. What was the name of that short you did, Daddy? Because I don't, I'm not sure if we, oh, we all caught that. Um, ding. You're dead. Ding, you're dead. Ding, you're dead. <laughs> like ding, like a sign of the ding, yeah, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. So it's just like little killer microwave shorts on YouTube. You can check it out. It's, Excellent. It's we'll fun. tweet that out. It's just a little like, yeah, thank you. It's a no, little, it's- you know, it's a killer microwave movie. It knows what it is. And my idea was, <laughs> whole, you know, if you can have fun with the microwave or you can make a microwave scary or suspenseful, then you can do anything like what, a dinosaur, a ghost, a villain. Like, you know, again, it's the same techniques. And I just, I hadn't seen a movie where someone sucks someone through a microwave. So I was like, I just wow. got to do it. No do it so it has to be done but there's a lot of other things i'm writing a few other you know scripts like in rom-coms and and bigger movies for the future and i have dream aspirations so hopefully it keeps going and yeah i mean that's really all to say thank you guys so much for watching the movie and to anyone out there thank you if you watch the movie i appreciate it even if you like honestly i don't care like it don't like it like please you know if you rate it on amazon or imdb or wherever you watch it, it's helpful i mean even if you don't like the film you get it for like it's okay like people are watching it like i just want people to in, to, to exist like the fact that the movie exists and like i find it watchable and someone if someone sits through the whole movie you can say whatever you want yeah. like, <laughs> like thank you for sitting through the whole movie and giving me those 12 cents oh bless you um Jay, this, this work is said a lot, or it's sort of toking us a lot when you do interviews on, on things like podcasts, but with no exaggeration, it has been an absolute delight to have you in conversation for the last probably about an hour, 45 minutes, something like that. Yeah. Uh, thank That's you. Flown by. Yeah, it's flown. Thank you so much for giving up your time and speaking so candidly yeah. about, yeah. about your experience cre- creating a movie. I mean, just the idea of, you know, you had an idea and now you it, made ex- a movie. and now it like, exists. It is like, there. Yeah. You can tell someone, I have a movie. It's there and someone in our case over in the uk but you know all over the globe can just click on it and access it that is nothing short of amazing and you've also created a moment in time for yourselves you Mm -hmm. know that you can look back on and reflect yeah it's like the greatest thing gift to my mom was that i made a movie like for life would be like it's my favorite thing he's ever done (laughs) (laughs) even not seen my little boy is so talented you know it's like oh thanks mom (laughs) (laughs) thank you guys again so much it was a blast i had so much fun i will come on anytime every movie i make if you guys want me i will be here absolutely any movie ever you need a guest host because someone's short and you want to just talk about a random film I will do it. I will, watch I will take you. I will take you up on that. I, I absolutely <laughs> will. Absolutely. I, you should. I mean, I'm a type. I've watched 800 movies last year. So far this year, I've watched 500. I'm all I do is watch movies. So wow. I am. I'm on. And I all right. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna. Before you wrap it up, I just want to ask one more question. Oh, yeah. you know, in the bedroom scene with the um, poster of the Jurassic Park, oh. is that yours? Yes, yes it is. Uh, <laughs> could you mention? 
Fantastic. I have I have a closing question. Two. It's a two parter. It'll get us out here. First part is Jay over here, the definition of pizza is very uh <laughs> yeah, By it's, way, this is going. it's slightly. Uh, does cheeseburger pizza count as a pizza? Oh man, that's tough. Uh, <laughs> I've never had a cheeseburger pizza. I mean, oh. it depends. So that's is it because still, you're is it, that's because you're older cr- than eight. I would imagine if you had a cheeseburger <laughs> pizza, you'd be converted. Oh, <laughs> Wait, is it still like I need to know? Is it a regular pizza crust and marinara sauce yeah. and regular yeah. pizza cheese? Yes. Yeah, and okay. then you have like ground ground mince. And beef, beef, burger, as they would say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have burger sauce, you have pickles, and tomato. By burger sauce, they mean Big Mac sauce, buddy. Yeah, oh man, <laughs> that's tough to say. I don't know, but I'll say this: I have a friend who lives in Korea as a teacher there, and he sends me things all the time, and they have the craziest pizzas. Yeah. <laughs> like, so pizza has a different definition around the world, but as someone who lives in America, in an English-speaking country, it is a little weird to hear that's a pizza. Man. But, uh, <laughs> I'll let you guys choose. What pizza. is your feeling about barbecue sauce instead of marinara sauce? That's not. Come on. What Thank, you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. No, if you ever come Stop over it. to the UK, I will treat you to both of those pizzas <laughs> and you can let us know what you think. Yeah. Okay. Then I feel it's only fair in closing by going, Jay, what is your go to pizza? We asked everybody yeah. else in the pod today. If I said, it, what is your typical pizza order to pizza of choice? What are we looking at? Can I stack it? I don't want to be basic. Yeah, go ahead. Go for it. Okay, well, double spicy, spicy marinara if possible. Oh, I love the sound oh, of this already. We you like know, spice. You got to have double cheese. So, like, you know, you got some, like, ricotta on there, too. Like, some, oh. like, lasagna cheese just to, like, separate. Um, pepperoni, of course. Um, maybe some sausage or meatball or some other form of secondary meat just because. Nice. Um, you got to have uh, jalapenos. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'll put some, uh, like, maybe some onions or red peppers garlic fresh diced garlic um and then you know some some spinach to be healthy on there <laughs> i think you just combined all of our favorite pizzas yeah, yeah. Oh, and a pesto drizzle you guys ever had a pesto drizzle on yeah. Top? Oh, yeah pesto drizzle get you up on that yeah yeah i'll give you that that's like the bonus a cherry on top there right we there. go nice yeah well so, th- thank you thank you so much jay uh yeah. this has been a ridiculous amount of fun and i am going to take you up on that uh, on on that offer should the should should the interest still reside after after you've hung up and go what have i no, just no, what have i just offered to do <laughs> no no i'm down i'll come on every week doesn't matter i'm down so <laughs> oh, invite on. me whenever Laura. you want and I, i'm also taking it up on you when i visit over there you know i guess we're going to a movie now and you guys are going to take me to this pizza place and we're yes, maybe going to go to where you guys live are we going to alton towers or throw park hey. one of the Yes. Yes. yes! It was so cute of you not to say pizza with finger quotes when you were talking about that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, everybody, that was Jay Salahi, yeah. writer, well, co writer, director, and actual actor in Northwood Pie. So, that was Jay Salahi. Aww. What a nice guy. He was Such great. a gem. These are the times we can talk about when he becomes a big star and becomes jaded and doesn't talk to us anymore. <laughs> we can say, remember when he was yeah. so nice back when he was doing Northwood Pie? Just to isolate that sound clip of, I'll come on anytime and just yeah, play there we go. Him. And you can be anything I'll just, you want. I'll just go to Comic-Con and they'll say, question for Mr. Salahi and I'll just play that clip. <laughs> <laughs> what happened, Jay? <laughs> we love you, oh, man. Well, and the fact that he backed me up on the barbecue sauce thing, that's just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but he's a child of the 90s. He is a child of a... Well, you know, there we go. There so, we but he was born in like... What did you say? He was born in like 89? 93. 93. 93. He was born in 93. Oh, 93. so seven, seven years? I don't know. 
Yeah. The same as me. I wasn't saying you couldn't be a child of the 90s. I was saying, what's your opinion on it? That's why the question was, what decade would you say you are? I wasn't, I'm going to tell you what decade you're all from now. <laughs> so that was, uh, that was right. If you are if listening still, I hope you are. Jeez. Uh, and you have not yet watched Northwood Pie, I would very much recommend, recommend it as it. a watch. It, it, it's grassroots filmmaking. Yeah. And that's how dreams get made that's how dreams come true you start with something and then you build upon that but this will always be his first feature-length film and uh like jay said just go out and do it just go out and do it you yeah. know life doesn't happen if you just sit around waiting for it so go yeah. ahead and make it like when i was like you want, you want to do a podcast yeah <laughs> i remember those days yeah so you know and i and i sat on it for a bit and eventually just went ahead and went let's let's do it what's the worst that happens you were really shy about no, doing i was really shy about it you was like do you want to work? imposter yeah. syndrome yeah yeah yeah. it took me a good what are we in episode 78 now or 79 it took me the at least until episode 78 and a half to stop feeling like an imposter <laughs> <laughs> no it took, it took me it took me a good few before you find your voice and you go the first interview i was like why are you why are you coming like, the after 82 boys god bless them yeah. i was like why are you coming on ours it's very who are we i uh, know oh who are we and now it's like you know who you know who we are we're not we're just really lucky to have <laughs> we are so lucky for you guys to listen to us so uh Thank lucky you. that people are listening to us lucky that people are willing to spend their time people who are actually making making films yeah yeah we're just talking about the films they make but bless them they're doing a lot a lot of work so we've been very fortunate over the last year to have people actually willing to come and talk to us and, and how the, Jay felt about us, we feel about him. We feel about him, and even and equally to that, we're very likely people who are willing to listen to us, absolutely, and invite us into their ears every week. Um, you know, whether we thought it was going to be one download, thirty <laughs> totally. downloads, or five guys. <laughs> five guys so nice. um that's pretty much it well let's go ahead we'll, and we'll put uh we'll put that uh, that layer of pesto drizzle on it as yeah. a final as a final touch on this episode and say please check out all the stuff we got coming up on the pod we're doing we've if you haven't caught it yet we've got episode six of keeping it low key up we've got our real round table coming out next week on best sports movies get your top five picks in you got about two days from this point to get your picks in and uh the notebook and then we'll also yeah. find out on sunday what george's pick is for the following week as Hot film summer continues Hot film summer Hot film summer Hot. so and then i finally get to pick you do i do i do i know I what do, it is i do i do i know what it is oh. a little special one there so yeah so Ooh. four best film ever i've been in. i've been liam I've been Ellie. And I've been Georgia. And I'm just sitting with more than anything that I'm thankful for today. It's that once again, barbecue sauce does not belong on a pizza. <laughs> Hashtag Ian is always right. Cheeseburg pizza well, all the way. We'll catch you on the flippity flop. <laughs> the flippity flip flop. Slippity slip slop. <laughs> <laughs>